everyone, this episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is your monthly dose of fun. And for an evening dose of fun, I say you head over to our sole sponsor. That's right. You know them well. It's the Ripley's, believe it or not, museum and auditorium in Hollywood, California, Hollywood and Highland. Why don't you swing on by? It's October. Go see that T-Rex. What's he dressed as? Here's a hint. It's the devil. He's got little tiny horns and a trident. Is he really? Yeah, I drive by him every day. It's really exciting. That's exciting. Every time he's dressed for a holiday, I get excited, Andy. Um, do you want to get excited, too? You can get a buy one, get one offer. After 5.30 p.m., you head over. You tell him you listen to this podcast, Star Trek The Next Conversation, and they'll say, you know what? Why don't two of you come in for the price of one? It's a buy one, get one. Two people, $20 after 5.30 p.m., and you just tell them Matt and Andy sent you, and you open your eyes to a world of things you must question. Do you believe it or not? Here's the show. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. everyone welcome to star trek the next conversation the world's number one monthly star trek podcast <laughs> Ooh, you just elevated us yeah currently number one with people who release an episode every month now that's us look our schedules are slam a damn and ling dong that's not anything but my point is we're here because we don't want you to forget about us we're that song from breakfast club <laughs> That's what it was from. Okay. Simple Minds. There we go. Andy, that's a very easy song to play on bass if you ever feel like it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's one of those, uh, you turn on Rocksmith, you, you fire up your bass, and quite frankly, I just go ahead and max out difficulty, and I 100% it. How much is the, uh, how hard is the crossover between guitar and bass? Oh, not hard at all. Not hard at all. In fact, I would say bass players yeah. are lame. Whoa. Yeah, shots fired. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, if was you're it, an avid guitar player. Was it player, McCartney bass? It's the top four. It was a guitar player first. Uh-huh. He was a prodigy. He could play yeah, everything. I mean, it turns out that Paul McCartney was kind of talented. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and is. Uh, yeah, it's the top, the, top four sh- notes, the top four strings on a guitar correlate with the top four strings on a bass. Interesting. So, top four. The only four strings on a bass. Sure. Uh, so, th- by that token, it's easy because you know where the notes are. Yeah. Welcome to... Bass talk. Bass talk. <laughs> Who are your favorite bass players? Andy. Right in. Who are mine? Oh, oh I see. <laughs> I thought you were going <laughs> to... I don't know. Uh, let's, gonna... let's do it. I'm sorry. If, if I'm slow on this one... Were you off today or were you on today? Andy, I'm always on. Look at me. Well, <laughs> remains to be seen. Yes, <laughs> proved it. 
I did not work today, if that's your question. I didn't have a long day, but I did have a trying one. But uh, in the meantime... Well, what is a lo- not a long day to you nowadays? Uh, 7.30. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, long days until 11.30 yeah, yeah, yeah. p.m. So that's sort of, uh, you know, that's sort of where I'm at, too, for my long days yeah. and my short days. But my long days and short days both usually start at 7 a.m. You don't want to get it together because this is showtime. I'm show folk. I can't just just lay there just because I had a bad day. Show people don't show you their sadness. Andy, you just had yourself a day. doesn't have to be bad. We can turn it around right now. And let's start with this. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Oh, I really enjoyed this one. It's a fun one. Ooh, you spilled over. You rarely I do did. that. I did. You had so I, much to say. I did. I spilled right on over. You know, Andy, watching I this. I think we may be at odds in this one. Well, I will say. I know a lot of people love this one. Oh, here's one. the difference, I think. Well, yeah. I don't know that a lot of people do. I just no, I know I told in. you. I told you I really Oh, maybe it. that was it. Yeah. Uh, I wrote into your heart through my mouth. <laughs> With yeah. my vocals? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Into your ears? <laughs> um, but I will... It's very interesting now, Andy, watching this after... Andy and I just recorded the... We went through two episodes of Star Trek Discovery for Patreon, if you're a lieutenant. Uh, that'll be coming out... Uh, this will come out this week. That'll probably be out already. So check your... Refresh your patrons... All you Patreon fellows, you lieutenants, and you President Circle members, you'll you'll be hearing the uh, discovery. Are we waiting until Sunday to put this baby up? Or are we doing it? Yeah, I figured I hit the time, whatever, mm-hmm. you okay. know, get back on a schedule almost. Sure. <laughs> the second to last, the last Sunday of the month. <laughs> He's a mercurial scheduler, this Matt Meyer. I don't, uh, usually when I do it, I have a reason for doing it. And yeah. Anyway, what I'm saying to you guys is that if you're a patron... There is a, you know, your bonus episodes. There's, if you're two of you're in the present circle, one of you, they're usually long, like two hours plus. Uh, but we, Andy and I watched two episodes of Star Trek Discovery that are, you know, so serialized and, you know, it's got modern flair of storytelling and uh, the action's uh, great, minus the fact that they probably only could pay 14 Canadians to stand in there and be action people. That's true. <laughs> They're doing a very emphatic we, job in the background. A I lot mean, of... Just listen. You want to listen to Andy and I, uh, I go into this saying, I, this is probably my favorite two episodes of Discovery. And uh, then I pick it apart and I go, why am I doing this? I like it. <laughs> it is crazy. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, seeing that, you know, and then switching over to TNG... And getting this little tasty, tasty procedural one hour in and out, <laughs> wrapped it up nicely. Oh, it felt so good, Andy. Like putting on warm shoes. What? <laughs> Socks? <laughs> yeah, that's probably what I meant. Slippers? No one's putting on warm shoes. Um, warm galoshes. Matt, if you'd like to uh, step over to the Admiral's Club, we can uh, scoot on in. I mean, I'd love to, Andy, if I just had... You know what's funny is I made sure. It's like, Andy's coming. Let me yeah. prep everything. I'm sorry, I didn't mean all, to catch you off guard. We got this all ready to go, and I like opened all these pages up, and I had the tabs open, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, he wants to do the thing I actually didn't fully get ready. Anyway, where are we going, Andy? We're going to the Admiral's Club. Oh, I love the Admiral's Club. That's my favorite club. Good Matt, 
Yes, Andy. How do they get into the Admirals Club? Oh, you seem to like you've just come from a workshop from Andy's Secunda <laughs> School of Specific Acting. Uh, well, the way you do that, Andy, is just leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and uh, tell the world how much you love this fairly infrequent podcast. Please do. And here are two. And in case you're wondering, we're never going to stop. No. We're just going to keep going. We are. There may be some bumps in terms of the scheduling, but we... Uh, okay, it seems at the, unlikely. At the, at the very least, it's yeah. coming once a month. Yeah. And then once Andy and I lighten up on our schedules, uh, regular schedule programming will continue. Yeah. Hang in there, guys. Um, uh, on the theme of us picking stuff Time apart, travel? Oh, different thing. No. <laughs> Uh, the other thing we do all the my time. My three sons, sons and, Jay. and Jay. This must be from New Jersey. Or would do you think he's like the world's biggest William Frawley fan? I am guessing. <laughs> Is that Uncle Charlie? Yeah. <laughs> my three sons. He, he was like, Fred and Ethel. Damn it. Uh, uh, <laughs> died outside the Knickerbocker Club. Damn it. My three sons. Yes. Um, that he was says, him selecting screen names. No, I get it. That was, I'm just filling in the audience. <laughs> uh, he says, I hate you guys. Oh, sorry, bud. Gee, thanks, Matt and Andy, for ruining every TV show I have ever watched or will ever watch. I now pick apart every line of dialogue and couplet that is uttered on the screen. My brain is now programmed to rewrite every plot hole or <laughs> example of bad writing. When I am not watching t- TV, I am thinking about character payments and writer's guild rules. <laughs> thanks for the great podcast and ruining my life. Anytime. We're here to make you think about all the things we have to think about. And then Armand. Andy, I'm behind on my guild dues. Are you? Did you know that? You don't have a person taking care of that for you? Who does that? I don't know. My business manager. Your business manager does that? Yeah. Are you telling me that I could like have somebody do this? Don't you have an accountant? Yeah. Yeah. Can That's you something they could do? Of sure. Oh they can take God. care of everything. That's amazing. It's life-changing because my biggest problem with the Writers Guild little inside baseball i don't know if you have the jingle ready <laughs> so annoying <laughs> this is the most annoying part of the podcast that i am asking I you for a jingle i don't know i was talking about business managers and wga well i'm just gonna talk about a little let them know about the guilds okay hang on one sec love the writers guild most 99 percent of the writers guild is a, a joy inside baseball <laughs> but they literally send you if you to declare your dues you know you pay your dues to the guild uh-huh. It's a great place. Health insurance, wonderful. They give us they, they, the contracts we've negotiated over the years are great. Yes. Uh, and, and, you know, you got to keep that engine running so you pay your dues. Problem with it is, unlike every other guild that I've been in, uh-huh. they don't tell you how much you owe them. You have to tell them. <laughs> so they send you sheets of paper. It's the most irritating thing ever. They send you sheet, literal sheets of paper Yeah. that tell you to fill in the the, the the show you're working on, yeah. your job title, which is not like, you can't just write in producer, yeah. the Goldberg. I have to find the number code for producer weekly, yeah, which is like 14704. Right. Then I have to fill in the quarter's earnings, and then I have to do the math of percentage. I feel like they then, do that. It's almost like a... Oh my God, it's It's crazy. almost like if you're like someone asking you... Well, how much would you pay for this car? Instead of tell, just because they're trying to get a sense, <laughs> yeah. like they don't want you it's to. It's totally like that. I was just at Guitar Center uh, trading in a couple of guitars, and I was just like, uh, he, he was like, "How much do you? How much are you hoping to get?" And I was like, eighty-five thousand dollars. <laughs> like I was, I was like, "I'm going to shoot for the moon." If you're asking me that question, sure. 
Yeah. But like with this, uh, it's just like the beauty of it is though they always end up telling you when you owe them how yeah. much they how much you owe. Yeah. So why not just, just tell, us. tell me? Yeah, it would make it so much easier. Also, there's no way to Screen Actors Guild just sends this it is, right away. This is the most. Uh, I'm just. This is the most in. saucer sectiony saucer section we've ever done. I, I, if I could eject look, this from I the show. Blame the world's biggest <laughs> William Frawley fan for talking about fair. picking apart. That's fair. The inside of our industry. <laughs> and yeah, he agree. brought up Writers Guild. Side rules. note: There's also no way of just paying it. Like you have to. You have to log on to the site there's a whole complicated thing and then by the way they don't take American Express (laughs) I think it's a little bit of like they're trying to they're trying to make us pay late late dues late fees for the dues uh I don't know I mean by by all means if there was like a surcharge for like self uh if they said you can declare as normal yeah and you don't have to pay a late fee uh huh or you can pay the surcharge fee and we will d- calculate for you, right. which is the same as the late fee. I'd be like 100% on board. Yeah, I <laughs> agree with that. Should I just run for guild council <laughs> only on this? I bet you would win. Only on this. I would run. I here's the two things. Andy, Writers here's the, are the laziest people on here's earth the two except things, for the writing. Here's the two things I would do. Yes. Uh, no longer do you have to declare your dues. We will bill you. Uh-huh. And all residuals will be direct deposited. Oh, Yeah. Do I win? Oh man, I'd I'd vote for you in a second. <laughs> Landslide. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have to take forty three checks that are totaling seventeen cents over to the bank <laughs> just deposited. This is the worst. I hate this part of the show. We turned into the the worst version of script notes. We are the was. worst, the least successful version of script notes. We only talk about uh, tiny, menial, annoying things about being a writer. We don't talk about our agency contract. We don't talk about no. uh, the craft. <laughs> contract negotiations we don't talk about the ins and outs of the writer's room what we do talk about is the minutia of andy and matt don't want to do stuff um okay our second admirals club uh, play the inside baseball theme again okay do we have a closeout Let's that's what i'm asking well, i'm really... gonna make the, the intro the closeout yeah uh, let's see if i have one no i don't have one okay. but i have a longer one that's this inside baseball with matt andy and captain cisco Um, Okay. Uh, The second one is from Armand Johansson, who's also on our Patreon. Um, And uh, uh, though he's just sending in, he just sent in a a regular Admiral's entry. So he wants all the titles um, or, you know, uh, ability to get into every club. And he just says, fantastic podcast. Love all of it. Thank you so much, Armand. Thank you. You're in. Enjoy the Admiral's Club. Um, And with that, let us scoot over to the most prized, the most luxurious of uh, of of lounges. Yeah, and you know the the biggest door too. So here we go. <laughs> Something's going on with mine. Not bad, timing wise. Considering, I see what I did wrong. I got, I got you out of your rhythm, you know. So yeah, I, with, I, that, I, with that extra segment, <laughs> yeah, it just threw you completely out of the rhythm. And uh, no, it's on me. I don't know. I, I scrolled down with my sounds, and I was like, "Where's the sound? It should be at the top." And it was because I scrolled down because I 
am someone who has done over a hundred podcast episodes doing exactly the same soundboard in front of me. And somehow it doesn't lock in. Anyway, Tech Sergeant Chen, he gave himself a title, and I feel like if you want to be a tech sergeant, you can go ahead and be a tech sergeant, pal. Um, oh, hang on. Let's see what the holiday is doing. Oh, here. this is the uh, Christopher Pike Medal of Valor awardees. Oh, the holiday is really into bass. Um, he says, just wanted to let you guys know, just wanted you guys, wait, just wanted to, you go, okay, it's a misprint. Uh, just wanted to let you guys know, I assume he means, my boys and I think you guys are great. One more thing, we found some beryllium on a nearby planet, and we might be able to get there if we reconfigure the solar matrix in parallel for endothermic propulsion. What do you think? I wouldn't try it. It's not going to go right. I wouldn't know. Uh, Lieutenant Anthony Rideout says, Matt and Andy, from writer's point of view, <laughs> oh, interesting, uh, which Star Trek characters from all the franchises were underwritten or utilized uh, or just plain useless like Kess or Neelix? Thank you both <laughs> I mean, for those are two great answers yeah. immediately. All of days uh, for an hour or three at a time. Um, well, boy, I love that this holiday day is just playing Paul McCartney's bass from Abbey Road. <laughs> I like that he has actual Paul McCartney just up there, too. Oh, it's a it's, nice well, touch. I mean, yeah. it's a holiday day. You can do anything. Yeah. It's weird, though, that it's like 64 Paul McCartney playing 69 Beatles. Maybe that's the last record he had in his... <laughs> um, you know, he's playing vinyl hollow DJing, so... <laughs> I think uh, Kess and Neelix are great answers, and, you know, you really have to look at a lot of the peripheral characters, sort of like the non-bridge characters, we'll say, but on TNG, it's for me, it's always going to be... Um, Troy. Troy, yeah. yeah. Uh, on the original series, I think that they didn't do a great job at, like with any of the other characters other than the three main like Uhura, Sulu, Chekhov, I think Chet and Scotty could have been I they were all explored. sort of yeah. utility per- players. But Chekhov, they just gave at least his game. Gave yes, his, his at Russian least they're thing. like, here's your thing. We're, you're going to do yeah. this. Scotty was pretty well-established. Yeah. because he, he had was, an attitude. He was, you know, third in command. So yeah. he at least got to sit on the bridge a lot because everyone went on the away team mission. So Scotty was usually left in charge of the Enterprise. So we'd hear a lot from him. In the main cast, are there any stragglers in DS9 that are like, uh, meh, not useful? Um, Not well done. You know, it's interesting. They really got to dive into everybody because they went into that more serialized um, storytelling mode. So you really got good character development, I think, out of all of them. Uh, Ezra Dax, maybe not because she was not around as long as the other cast members. But even Worf got way more character development on on DS9 than he ever did on TNG. Really? Oh, I'm excited. If we ever get to that. Um, all right, that's it for the... Uh... You know, at the end of season five, Andy, Yes. Uh, I think the premiere of D-Space Nine happened. Yes. The end of season five of, of TNG. So it's it's close. We're touching the void. We're, we only got two more seasons of a TNG after this, and then it's I, I DS9 sitting. No, we can't concurrently. That would be... said. That would melt was, everybody's brain. Just, I thought that was another left turn from Matt Myra. I, I make so many lefts. Have to pretend like no, I, I knew I'm, about all along. I'm left-footed, so like I'm immediately going to step forward with my left, you know? Uh, is that true? Yeah. Left-footed? Is, there, is that a thing? Yeah. When, when you I stand am. up, which where do you walk? How do you walk? Right. I mean, you're right-footed. 
Interesting. Who knew I was right-footed? You learn something new every day on this podcast. I bet you probably play golf righty too. Then. Yep. Yeah. I'm right. I'm right-handed. No, you're left-handed. I'm left-handed, but I'm right-footed. Yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting. Wonder what that means. If anybody has any opinions on that, please let me know. Well, well, if that's really what it points to, it would certainly. Uh, Hey, here's an interesting uh, tidbit. I had an astrologer uh, look at my uh, chart. Astronomer, I hope. You're looking at a star chart for you? No, it's not. uh, Oh, no. It's just astrology. You went to to fake science? Uh, I went to fake science. Um, It was uh, was on a vacation, and a very uh, nice friend said, oh, I can do it. This is a fun, this is a vacation thing. thing. Sure. And uh, she started looking at my chart, and there was so much conflict on the chart she threw her phone down, which had the, the chart on it, and said, yeah. I'm sorry, I can't do this right now. <laughs> well. She said there was so much crosstalk in my brain <laughs> that she literally could not. Later, she told me. but uh, I think uh, this is illustrated by your right-footedness. Yeah. And my left-handedness. There you go. Um, are we going to step into the hallway, or are we going to go back through the Admiral's Club? Andy, we are just going to go ahead and site-to-site transport out of here. Okay. Into the hallway. Here we go. Thanks, President Circle members. Enjoy hey everybody. the snacks. Best in the galaxy. Ah, finally, we're in this hallway by ourselves. It's very nice. Um, excited. Andy, what's next on the agenda here? It's the hail bag. Being hailed. Um. First, we have a uh, voice hail, um, and it speaks for itself. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, I just wanted to point out that Andy probably doesn't have face blindness if he also has a claim to fame for everyone based on <laughs> like a guy. Um, so, yeah, just thought that might be a helpful little beat in your body. Okay. Thanks I mean, it's not a. We all, we all contest the. Like, it, Andy's um, face blindness, I air quote it. Uh, is a hot topic of debate around work. See, I feel like and, I feel like the uh, claim to fame proves the face no. blindness. I know that I know no. them. I don't know where. I don't know what their name is. I disagree. You recognize the I face. I know them That's from the thing something, you know, something big, big. But I don't. Okay, <laughs> the best thing. I guess. About it, that I guess. So I don't, well, it's then, my favorite segment in all of podcasts because <laughs> it literally Andy's. I just love that Andy's something big is always something terrible from 1978. <laughs> Uh, that no one else watched. <laughs> just somehow it's drilled an HBO movie it that drilled was in its, the 80s. It drilled its way into Andy's brain somehow, and now we all have to sit by and watch him sort of try to pull it. Look, I'm open to another term if anybody wants to give no, it to me. I don't someone think you'd give it. Who oh, knows, as far as face blindness. Yeah, who's uh, someone who, who I kind of maybe know the person, Here's what but I, think I have no is. idea who I, who I where I know them from or what their name is. In an effort to help uh, you know, the pseudoscientists out there, yeah, I think all, it's all the conflict in your chart. You know, your brain signals are are all over the place. So now, is what's happening your... is you're looking at someone, and in your head you're like, right foot, left foot. Which one am I doing? I don't know. That's probably I use true. my left hand. That actually. Wait, do I know accurate. you? That doesn't even seem like pseudoscience. There you that go. seems like science. Just, but you're not. You're nobody. You're not disputing that face blindness exists. No, you're disputing that I have. <laughs> Correct. It. 
Gotcha. Because, you know, let me ask you this. There's face blindness, and then there's is it the contention brand of face blindness. Is it the contention that I'm lying or that? Okay. No, no, no. I think my, I believe that when you don't know somebody from their face, you, you truly don't. Right. Do I believe that it's face blindness? No. Do I believe that it's Andy in his own head most of the time? Oh, yeah. Well, I can't dispute that. Yes. (laughs) That certainly (laughs) seems reasonable. Um, and the second one is a little bit long. It is from uh, Nicholas Stacy, And he says, hi, Andy and Matt. Been listening for ages. Wanted to catch up before writing in. A lot of people are writing in, the, in our in our one, one a month uh, schedule now. They're able to catch up. That they have finally caught up. Good. Um, throwing a whole bunch of stuff your way. First of all, there's a, a voice hail. And I will play that. Wow, you found the voice hail that was attached to a email that's impressive it's true that's like uh it's a lot of work your brain has to do i'm did you recognize anyone while you were doing it uh, no (laughs) i'm not sure who you are hello matt and andy this is nick from vancouver i wanted to mention something that happened way back in i think season one when somebody had to take a bathroom break now on james bonding there's the clever (laughs) system of the taking the walter ppk and so on yeah And you briefly played with the idea of having people take a phaser break, a phaser type one, phaser type two, that sort of thing. (laughs) Oh, we are funny. And it was my brother who pointed out. Wait, no. Oh, what happened? My brother pointed out. What did your brother point out? Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, no. Oh, this is some kind of a a snafu. I don't know what's I need to know what your brother pointed out. I didn't hit anything. What's happening? You know, what's weird is it's still playing, but it's not. uh, Did it bounce out? Well, welcome to the podcast, guys. <laughs> Let me see if I can reboot it. <laughs> the beauty is we're never... Like, we're never Hello, gonna Matt and Andy. This is too, that sort of thing. And it was my brother who pointed out to me that you were very clever when you did that, more clever than you might realize. And to prove how clever, you're going to need to look up the Klingon word for phaser. I'm not going to spoil it here, but I'm sure Andy can look it up and let you know what Whoa. it is. So, I wish you many happy bathroom breaks in the future. And thank you very much for the show. I Best of luck. Thank you. We should bring that back. The uh, we recorded from Vancouver, uh, Patreon episode. I was in Vancouver. You were you were in L.A. I never leave. <laughs> I never leave. You um, were gone for three weeks. Uh, two weeks. That's a that's a fallacy. I thought it was said ten three. days. No, I never said three. He said three. Who's the he? The boss who wants to you. pretend like I was gone longer. No, Andy. I never said three. I thought you were gone for the twenty fourth to the fourth. Uh, That's eleven days. Yeah. Why did I think you were going for three weeks? <laughs> I don't talk to the boss. No one knows. It, it doesn't no, matter. I don't me. talk to anyone. The information. My point, uh, my point far is. <laughs> my point. Yes. On that is. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, I don't What's know where happening? I got that. What's from. going on? Where did I get three weeks? From? Anyway, long story short. You have been places. I have been You do places. travel. I went That's to all I was trying to say. Fair enough. That's all I was trying to say. I didn't um, mean to d- dig up some wound I didn't know existed. <laughs> it's, it's, I got a million of them. You're, you're not going to avoid them. Anyway, uh, the point is that the Klingon word for phaser uh-huh. is poodock. <laughs> Whoa, and a type 1 phaser docks into a type 2 phaser. Oh, Poodock. Interesting. Guys, we got to bring this back. Type 1 and Type 2. Nicholas goes on to say, Second, I made a few sound cues, which I'm also attaching. One's a musical outro that didn't fit any of the other cues. That's called a pun sting, since I thought you might use it when you really nail a pun. There's no way I'll bring it up in time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, here it is. Da-da-da-da. <laughs> 
then <laughs> I don't I don't disagree with that. That's a lot of fun. Second, uh if we ever my, did if we ever did ad breaks, that's our music. That's our interstitial. Okay. Uh might work when yeah, that is great for that. Yeah. When might work when Matt delivers a complicated uh explanation. And here's that one. Sometimes I think the only reason I come here is to listen to these wonderful speeches of yours. <laughs> Ooh, that's also good. I like that a lot. Um, the next one uh, reenacts the sort of post-spoiler conversation the two of you often have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are Klingons in morning. I find it extremely morning. difficult to predict what you will find acceptable. You don't give a damn about the people whose lives you're throwing away. We're not just machines. <laughs> <laughs> These are great. <laughs> uh, you should you should put that in your library as spoiler. Um, and then the last one, Warfsplain, could suit moments where you shine light on the boys' club mentality of the time. Yeah, and here it is. I have much to teach you about women. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Nicholas. That was home runs. Home runs all around. Thank home you. Home runs all around. Um, and with that, we close the hail bag. Andy. Matt. I suppose we should get to it. Let's do it. We're going to talk about a matter of time. Right? That's the name of it? Yes, it is. Yep. This is... Uh, this aired the week of November 18th, 1991, otherwise known as my sister Julie's 16th birthday. Really? Yep. There you go. Uh, 1991, November 18th. Andy, what was happening in the world at that point in life? Matt, there's a... Oh, wait. Do we do it after? What do you, after what? I'm trying to remember. No, we... I tell you the date, and then you tell me what's happening. Oh, no, yeah, no, yeah. okay, I'm sorry. On this day in Trek, and then we find out what's happening to the chairman of the board shortly after that. Right, right, that was the thing that I was I was thinking about. Okay, hang on one second, Of I course apologize. you were thinking about it. Who isn't? Oh, this so is excited. what everyone wants to know. <laughs> so, there's so many, we've made this show so top-heavy with things that people don't want to hear. That's why I sometimes remember to put a time code in. Okay. And uh, only sometimes. Um, it is, uh, U.S. radio audiences uh, were into When a Man Loves a Woman. By Michael, Michael Bolton. Bolton. Finally, we're hearing from the king of Boltoning. <laughs> so true. <laughs> uh, the Percy Sledge song, uh, covered by the soul of a curly-haired blonde man <laughs> who was also losing his hair. Man, it's like. Taking a taking a, a bath in honey, mm. um, and in the UK, "Dizzy" by Vic Reeves and the Wonder Stuff was still on listeners' minds. The New World Order by Pat Robinson was a bestseller, and Cape Fear debuted at number one at the box office. Nice. Since this is our last uh, this day in Trek for 1991, I would be remiss if I did not mention that Star Trek VI would spend one week at number one in its first week of release. I was there that weekend. Thank you, Matt Kirk. My uh, sister was also there. I think I was there. Route 3 Cinemas in Chelmsford, Massachusetts. Mine probably wouldn't have been that one. It would have been one in New York. Someone was smoking in the front row, and it was a different time. 
November 18th. Would I have been home? No, I probably would have been up, well, over Christmas break. Oh, yeah, I guess would have been home. Freddie Mercury succumbed to pneumonia due to complications oh. from AIDS. Uh, he was 45. I didn't realize he was that young. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Um, Egyptian Deputy Prime Minister Boutros Boutros Ghali received the UN's recommendation to succeed, and succeed they, let me ask you a follow-up Javier question. Perez. Yes. Boutros Boutros Ghali. Whenever you hear the name, who is speaking it? What do you mean? Who is speaking that name? Whenever you hear that name, whose voice do you hear it in? Because Bill, I have an Bill answer. Murray? Nope. It's a joke, it's right? It's David Letterman. Yeah. He was constantly finding his it way was. into those top ten lists. Right. Boutros Boutros Ghali. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah. <laughs> He knows a good comedy name oh when he sees it. Oh, my God. Uh, who was his other one? Uh, Boutros, Boutros, Boutros Galli. And then it was like, the, no, just like of that time, uh, Jeff Galuli. <laughs> Jeff Galuli is also a great comedy name. Uh, Galuli. Uh, so, much so much fun. A Matter of Time was the last TNG episode to be released in 1991. Paramount's PR priority was Star Trek. Thank you. didn't know he was going there, did you? Nope. Uh, its priority was uh, Star Trek VI's December 7th release. Time Magazine's cover featured a cloud bank dramatically lit by sunset with the caption, California, the endangered dream. Ooh. We should dig that up and see what it said. Percy. I don't know. I just feel like Bolton nailed it. No, I don't. <laughs> This is oh, look at Bolton did a great job. He did a great job, but this this good enough to hit number one. Even this job has much more new ones. This this uh, song has much more new ones. Andy, this version. I suppose that's it for the news, right? It is. I should probably ask you a question about what Mr. Frank Sinatra was up to at that time. Why don't you go ahead and play that jingle? Uh, 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 I'm really off my game. No, you just look. You're a little rusty. Frank Sinatra, come on. It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> for Frank Sinatra, come on. It's funny as Matt could even tell on the look on my face that I wasn't about to play the, the, the opening jingle. I, didn't, I, I was going to say, I didn't realize how far away from being able to do that you were. Yeah. And then I looked at the reflection right there and I saw, oh no, he's looking at the rundown and not, he doesn't have a thing open. Oh, that's a good thing for me to know. That's why you get so annoyed. You can see the things I'm looking at on no, the No, that's the first time that's ever been angled like that. There's a mirror close. behind me, which is not good for poker players, FYI. <laughs> Uh, so, hey. he did it! November 16th marked the final concert of the grueling 11-month Diamond Jubilee uh, World Tour. Frank finished up with one night at Madison Square Garden in New York, where he sang to a sellout crowd of 16,604 people. A New York Times review said... Mr. Sinatra managed to triumph over time. In a singular way, he made age a thing of great beauty. Oh, yeah. In other words. I feel like Frank must have covered When a Man Loves a Woman, right? Let's find out. Uh, Seems like he might have thought that was hippie stuff. There is people who have, people have searched for it. Does it exist? Uh, It does not. Too bad. How about Dean Martin? (laughs) <laughs> he never would have done it. Dean Martin probably would have been dead. Uh, no, he wouldn't have done it. No, Percy's Ledge. Come on. So uh, Dean Martin. I can't imagine Dean Martin covering Oh, that. you know who I bet did it? Elvis. Mm-hmm. 
Is that is that timeline work? Uh, it might. It might. Andy, it might. Nope. Oh, wow. No. You really missed a bet there, yeah. Elvis. <laughs> Elvis. Elvis. What the fuck, bro? You really missed, missed an opportunity for a hit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Andy. I guess that does it for our This Week in Trek and the Frank Sinatra Come On, uh, also known as Joe McDonough's favorite segment. Really? Yeah, I was back home a couple of weeks ago, and Joe said, you know, weirdly my favorite segment is? I was like, what? He's like, Frank Sinatra, come on. <laughs> I was like, really? It's the dumbest thing ever. I love it. Okay, this is a Matter of Time, start date 453.49.1, directed by Paul Lynch and written by everybody's favorite executive producer, Rick Berman. <laughs> yep. While trying to reverse a nuclear winter-type effect caused by crashed asteroid on Panthera 4... Uh, hang on. Wouldn't that then be a meteor? Why? Because it came into the atmosphere and hit the surface. Say it again. Isn't that the difference between an asteroid and a meteor? Oh, I don't know. Should I look at that? Uh, look, I'm not going to question Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek, but I feel like... Well, he was wrong about that spot thing that That's I was right about. Even, I'm just saying. I mean, come right. on. Well, he missed something. We're not here <laughs> to dissect Dr. Trek. But we are here to talk about Panthara 4. My proudest moment on this podcast. <laughs> the Enterprise is visited by a time-traveling historian from the 26th century, Berlingoff Rasmussen. So we really didn't <laughs> pull been your, punch on that Should one. have been your first clue, everyone. <laughs> Uh, the officer's initial suspicions gave way to impatience when Rasmutin repeatedly asked to see their artifacts and to have questionnaires filled out. Troy is convinced he's hiding something, <laughs> but most crew members go along with his teasing You're and his away annoying with the cheeriness. useless or underdeveloped theory. Uh, the ship's first try at helping Panthara 4 only makes matters worse when LaForge comes up with an alternate plan that will either clear the atmosphere or burn it off entirely, killing every living being on the planet. <laughs> By the way, no attempt at, like... Let's fucking beam up. Oh, so good. Ten, at point. least 10,000 of these people because yeah. we are the Enterprise and we can absolutely, in an emergency situation, house at least 10,000 people. It's a really good point that in a situation. Just for funsies, I'd be like, okay, so let's evacuate the population in a situation as much as we can. Where the planet was going to be maybe destroyed, would you put yourself to the inconvenience of evacuating 10,000 Here's my following question, okay? It's a warp-capable society. Otherwise, the Prime Directive would have come into effect, right? Right. So there's a a place called New Seattle. They've got to have starships around that planet or on that planet capable of not maybe... Maybe they don't have interstellar travel, but they're certainly capable of getting off the planet's surface. Start a huge evacuation. I don't know why I'm telling Panthara 4 how to do things, but yeah. <laughs> I really feel like they took a big swing here. Sure. Uh, desperate for help, Picard returns to Rasmussen, but the time traveler says he can't divulge the future when the Panthards agree to Geordi's plan. Uh, so does Picard. Luckily, it works. Rasmussen quickly moves to leave after the planet is saved, but Picard first demands he is allowed to search the time pod for items reported missing by the crew. The time traveler agrees to let Data enter because he can be ordered not to divulge any secrets of the future. But once the two are inside the pod, Rasmussen pulls a phaser and reveals he is really from the 22nd century. He appropriated the real 26th century time traveler's craft and came forward in time to gather trinkets, which now include Data. Uh he would claim to have invented but the suspicious Picard had Rasmussen's phaser deactivated helpless Rasmussen is stranded in the 24th century when the pod's timed return mechanism whisks it away without him 
Andy, I have a couple big picture thoughts. Great. About this story. Fire your poodocks. I would like, now I'm going to ask you the following question. You're always asking me, did they ever do anything with the blah, blah, blah in, Mm. in, you know, uh, comics or novels? Okay. I would like to start a Star Trek episode with someone in 22nd century New Jersey seeing that ship reappear because it came back just Uh. empty. Oh, good point. <laughs> and then I would have that person yeah. become a new time-traveling guy. Maybe he's, uh, I don't know, a kid, like a kid in King Arthur's Court kind of thing, and he ends up on the Enterprise, whatever. It's great. Uh, also, by the way, I, find, I think that trapping that gentleman in the 24th century is cruel and unusual punishment. You have to. I, 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 you have to trap him in the 24th century, you think? Yeah, you can't send him back with knowledge of the future. He but screwed himself. You also, like, you're taking a man from everything he knows, his home and That's his, his own choice. He removed himself. Okay. I'll look. We'll, we'll, we'll debate. Um, another side note. Um, uh, and I wonder about this. Um, it's a little bit of a an Orville spoiler. Um, I think it doesn't, doesn't count. I don't think it really matters. Don't but, worry. But um, there's a there's an episode with Charlize Theron, who where she is also a time traveler from the future. Pretend she's there to uh, she is an actual time traveler from the future, but she's also like just looking for money and and profits and and ways to kind of as, as I as I remember it, which I thought was way too close to this one. Well, why why wouldn't you just get a sports almanac? Yeah, I don't remember and exactly the way the ends Why would we just bring a sports almanac back? Maybe there was some other turn to Bet it. Bet $50,000 on one game and leave it in an interest-yielding account and then go forward 800 years and collect the billions of dollars. Maybe it was she was stealing the whole ship as an antique. I don't remember exactly what the deal was. You know, there's so many TNG writers on that staff yeah. that I feel like they like, must have been like, he's not going to remember this one. <laughs> this is a lot like Rick Berman's episode. Oh, right, ever. Uh, that's interesting. Anyway. Captain's log, stardate 45349.1. The Enterprise is on its way to Pit Good to hear him again. So nice. Soon we're going to be hearing a lot of it. Continent. The resulting dust cloud. Yeah, but like gravelier. Hey, let me ask you this. Yes. I feel like I, re- I already have the answer to this question. Do you think Picard is going to start with a captain's log or it's <laughs> no, he's like he's captain. not a captain but will it be like Picard's journal I blah 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 <laughs> no, I don't think it will the, the grapes this week I were don't think it will turning but by all means it could end up with him putting on his com badge yeah walking out onto his porch yeah and then trying to do a captain's log to nobody <laughs> while his dog number one stares at him <laughs> yeah and says thank you number one do you think that's how here's my prediction on how they reveal number one uh-huh. because the dog's name is number one sure he, he's Picard will say something to number one off, and number one will be off screen and then the reveal will be that it's a dog right he'll be like yeah that could be thank you number one pan <laughs> over the dog has brought his paper here's another prediction he says thank you number one and the dog says and freaks his voice yeah <laughs> That's quite all right, Captain, because some hijinks has happened in between the last time we saw them where, do you, where Will, did you Will see, Riker is did now you see inside Will? the dog. Did you see him in the, 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 the press photo they released of no, Riker? I, I haven't watched the new trailer if you want to watch it. 
I, I don't know how to deal with that on this. the fact that we're in. now 41 minutes in, but yeah, and have no started problem. talking about this episode. Uh, it doesn't matter. You know what we'll do? What? We'll watch it when we say hello to the patrons. Sounds fun. I got to remember to do that, though. Okay. Can you remember? Uh, yes, I will. Will we actually remember? Well, this will be an interesting test. All right. We'll find out <laughs> soon enough. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, back to Penthar 4. Could very well create a phenomenon not unlike the nuclear winters of 21st century Earth. Command LaForge has begun work more on than a plan one. that would counteract the devastation. Well, there are multiple, you know, Nuclear launches, wars? I believe, yeah. I'm afraid the numbers coming in are already indicating climactic changes, Commander. What kind of drop can we expect? If the Pentharan spheral forecasts are correct, 10 to 12 degrees Celsius within the first 10 days. If it continues like that, their entire ecosystem will be shot to hell. And I doubt if they're prepared to cope with the kind of cold that's coming. Hey, here's the character goof for you. At the very beginning, Jordy says they already are seeing climactic changes. Climactic changes are changes relating to a climax or tension point. What he means is the planet is experiencing climatic changes. Oh my god! Right in. That's just like me. And he was reading it right off the pad. Oh, asteroid is a meteor. Uh, Ooh, how many times do you think that he they put their their lines on the on the fucking pads? No times. I don't think they ever had the lines on the pads. You don't think so? No, because they're still they're like built by the prop department and have a like one screen on on them. Uh Yeah, probably like a. I'm going to draw this outline of a globe. That's what you'll be looking at. Commander Riker. Yes, Yes, sir. Could you join me on the bridge, please? Wolf. Right away, sir. You said, Mr. Wolf? There was a space-time distortion, sir, and there is something back there. We passed within 300 kilometers of it. It's too close to be a coincidence. That I'd already, by the way, I just questioned that that line. Is like, what does that mean? Yeah. You're fucking Captain Picard. You're on the Enterprise. You're in interstellar space. Could be anything. Could be anything. <laughs> a coincidence? Yeah. What are you talking about? Just right. go investigate it without saying that line. Yeah. I love this episode. Mr. LaForge. <laughs> yes, Captain. What a delay of one I'm hour. I'm going to have a lot plans. of stuff. Not unless another asteroid decides to play a call on Benthara, sir. The odds of that occurring, Captain, are extremely unlikely given the time frame. Thank you, Mr. Data. Ensign, bring the ship about. A side note. Take a look at Mr. Wolf's uh, Data's growing. He didn't spell out exactly how many, him, what the odds are. But then he ungrows very shortly. Almost in our current Does he? Yeah. Of course. There's a small object back there that wasn't there a few moments ago. The object is 50 kilometers ahead, sir. Full stop, Ensign. Aye, sir. On screen. Weird shots. This is a weird directed episode. Who directed this episode? Dimensions Paul, uh... Approximately five meters in length, sir. Five signs. Hang on. A weird upward shot of the new ensign. Paul Lynch. Our is he a not veteran? He's done a lot. Try hailing it. That's odd. That's odd. We've received a response, but... It would be a meteorite. Yeah. By the way. Okay, there you go. I nailed it. Good Suck job, it, man. Dr. Dragon. Uh, I'm going to write in about climactic changes next. <laughs> <laughs> If you've ever written into IMDb with a goof, I'm I'm sort of you, just with a podcast instead of a keyboard. Yes, Mr. Wolf. It didn't make sense, but might fix it. To move over, sir. Reply that the Enterprise isn't going anywhere, Lieutenant. Not the Enterprise, Captain. You. How does he know? Did it say? What are you trying to tell me? It did. Yeah. That's it. Move Oops. over for Captain Picard. Yeah, please, I probably said, please tell Captain Picard yeah. to step to the side. <laughs> then he removed it to move over. Excuse He's me, Captain, but you were standing right where I needed to be. Who are you? 
Rasmussen's the name, sir. Professor Berlinghoff Rasmussen. Oh, this is wonderful. Uh, actually, by the way, why Worf didn't pull a phaser out immediately? A hundred percent. I don't know. But that, this is my problem with Second the whole... Second of all, like... I get, like, in the, the, um, in the uh, economy of uh, time here, you have to sort of get the story going as fast as you can. And if you want the story to be, they trust this guy, you know, I guess you can skip any tension and sort of immediately they're trusting him. This is bullshit. I disagree with that entirely. I feel like this is this is my entire you don't thing. I think that's what they the fate. Oh, definitely. Oh, oh. I, I definitely oh, agree. Oh, no, oh no. god. <laughs> I definitely agree that that was the purpose of the thing. <clears throat> yeah. But here's the thing because this is that is my main problem with this episode <laughs> is they just these these people that are so suspicious in other situations yes. just give the 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 strain of connection like okay the ship has temporal anomalies and stuff like that but just like and that they like, bought his whole story and they're giving him all this information and there's so little resistance it's just insanity they give him the blueprints to the fucking ship it's insane. Does he get the blueprints of the ship? I Don't they? Get, with of no. the ready room? I want to see him. the blueprints. And he's like, all right. I think uh, he was up for it. Interesting. Whatever the case, they definitely give him a ton of information. Yeah. They, they fill out his fucking questionnaires. It's crazy. Well, look, I think there's just like this. <sighs> I would. I, and I feel like he makes so many mistakes. I think he's actually pretty good at it. I think he's. Uh, until the middle of the second act he set it up pretty I think well he set it up very well in terms of i can't but tell like, you anything i have to think future. that like he goes he has he must have gone further forward in time learned about the enterprise and then come back to this point see if that had been the thing that has to be the thing he knows captain picard he uh-huh. knows who these people are right and he knows you know the bridge of the old nc nc 1701d I thought it was bigger. So I, my thought is he has gone further and forward in time, oh, learned about the Enterprise, point. learned about all these. He knows all these people. He knows Worf. He knows everybody. And I think the reason he does is because, again, maybe could have been some expository dialogue or, or whatever. I don't know. But you'd have to, like, throw it into the last act because you don't want to tip off that this guy's not real but immediately. that's an even crazier plan. He went into the far future, did research on the Enterprise, but and then, then he's went like, back? But then he's like, you know what? I can't bring this technology forward because there's no way for me to make this work in the 22nd century. If his plan is profit, which seemingly only is, he's, you know, he's, he's like Doc Brown minus the so success to, of uh, vending a time machine. You're saying he had to steal technology that was a little bit more in striking distance in yes. the 22nd century? I do think so. I think that's why he was at this time. I think he probably jumped. Here's my guess. This thing's from the 26th century. So he's like, okay, well, I don't want to go all the way to the 26th century because they'll probably be able to take the ship away from me. Uh-huh. I'm going to pop over to the 25th century. Oh, tech's way too big here. Maybe I could go back a little earlier he looks through some computer system in a library and goes oh the enterprise d interesting Ooh, an android i, I hear and you on that i'm just knows. writing i'm just filling in right how he knows there. their names and stuff right off the top but I, it's very but it doesn't make that's the only way it makes sense and you know what i mean because he's from the past yeah so i mean i guess it could have, he, he could have snooped around in the current you know galaxy sure. Yeah, but I don't know if that information is available. But like, he's gonna 
I mean, there's so many things, so many leaps you have to make here. Okay, he's gonna have to like figure out. I get he's an inventor, so he does figure out how the ship works. Yeah, you know, but like to know that he's gonna be able to beam through shields. But you know, another thing right off the bat, even if you wanted to justify it, and this is what I've, so, I've which sort of I said, did, you, I just you justified some it, of it. But the but the you're talking about the time. Yeah. I agree with you that that's their reason. Oh, we got to get it get into this really fast. Except. The act breaks in this episode are ridiculously flat. I like, really, there's barely any on. plot in this episode. My favorite act break yeah. was either uh, it'll work or we'll burn off the atmosphere. I thought that was a great act break. That's in the end, right? That's towards the, that's like probably the fourth act break. Well, I know that there's one act break where it's just him smiling suspiciously. Yeah. So. As the music tells us how to feel. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move forward. So let's, yeah, let's. Quite a bit larger than I thought. Really? Where I come from, every historian knows the bridge of old 1701D. Where exactly do you come from? My birth. The late 26th century Earth, to be exact. I've traveled back nearly 300 years just to find you. That's good act, Bert. By the way, that gets him all hot and bothered. This is like, you're playing right into Picard's wheelhouse of But this is the thing that bugs me. a professor... (laughs) I feel like when Picard is at his most illogical is in this first conference room scene that's coming up, and he's a little bit excited. But it's insane, the leaps of logic that he's taking. Like, And I get that they're saying it's because he's a, he's a, a history buff. I think but then that you should play into that later in the episode. You don't see him having, yeah. like, just t- I, tell me what it's like to go and, and, and explore the past and blah, 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 and like have that kind of conversation. He does that in the one scene, and then after helpful. that, he's that, incredibly suspicious. That would have been very helpful, I think. Especially if, like, Picard was intrigued and in asking him about 22nd century Earth, you know. Yeah. That would have been a nice ad, too. Yes. Uh, I will say, there are episodes later on in Star Trek TNG where you sort of find more of this side of Picard, this sort of, like... I think it's pretty well established at this point. I think your instinct is correct. Yeah. Like, the joy that he gets. Like, the, so, I was sort of... I'm on board for this. I agree with you that I think it's a crazy that they're so, you know, that they're, like, gung-ho... Everyone, let's draw. Let's have a conference and talk about it. <laughs> it really drove me <laughs> Let crazy. Let me assemble the senior staff so you can talk to them. But he's like that. Uh, by the way, also the other thing too I wanted to say is the um, his uh, you, you think about like Picard's speech to him, you know, in like the fourth act, yeah, and how or, fi- or whatever act it is, uh, and like I was like listening to the words because I was listening to it in the car today yeah. and I was listening to it and I was just like these words are nonsensical <laughs> and Patrick Stewart is like delivering it like a fucking chain oh yes oh and without question like, and then I'm like this is the best speech I've ever heard yeah. <laughs> the interstellar history you know it was always believed this was on your desk not here by the way, what is the reasoning that he account? doesn't know anything in the God, future? Expect me to believe. Like the they would have had records of everything. Uh, yeah, but I mean, a lot of the stuff that he's, and I think he's a good con man in that sense. Like a lot of the stuff that he's saying, like we always thought it would be, over, it was over here. Like you know, we know what you have. We just didn't know exactly where you would put it because there was no rendering of that. But wouldn't there be? Uh, I'm a little bit confused about well, what like what is recorded and what isn't. Well, I don't know. It seems like they would have the technology. One thing I did did occur to me is I wonder if after we get through this period where every single thing is being listened to <laughs> that we say by our phones and everything else, yeah. 
that I wonder if in the in the future it'll be like there will be no surveillance unless it is absolutely necessary. We're shutting it all down. You know, it's interesting uh, to look at it like that because we're in a super surveilled world as is. Yeah. And I don't know that you could have had the forethought to think about that other than like George Orwell. Right. I don't I don't know. I don't know if you would have seen that coming, but like that is a great I mean it's a beautiful justification for sort of cuz there's always there's always things on the enterprise where you're like shouldn't I have a video of that? <laughs> right. But I also feel like sometimes like I feel like in the engine room they have surveillance. Yeah, but like it's just one shitty camera that doesn't see where the Klingon goes. <laughs> right. In the drumhead. We have interest, a future historian. Oh, no less so than your legendary modesty, Captain. It's like I described to you what a thrill it is to be here. This is the original. You flatter me, Professor. But I can't help but wonder what could possibly have caused you to select me as a subject for your study. Even in this decade, there are far wiser and more experienced humans in and out of Starfleet. Well, I'd love to tell you, Picard. I really would. But uh, try and imagine what a young Caesar might have done differently had someone given him a hint of what lay ahead or if Lincoln had been coerced into changing his theater plans. I, I truly wish I could be more specific on why you were selected, but I'm afraid the exchange of information will have to flow in one direction only. Five, six, seven meters. <laughs> He's good. Matt Frewer. I, 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 why now? Right. It's a little broad in. for my... I love Matt Frewer. I feel like it's a little broad. Uh, I think he's playing it, you know... Like a like, like a, a like an a eccentric historic. time traveler. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, all right. You know, it's just... I don't know how else you play that. It's probably like... I think more of the problem is in the writing. Sorry, Rick Berman. Oh, it's okay, Andy. Oh, oh. that's nice <laughs> Thanks, of you. Thanks, Rick. Um... But yes, so here we are now. The senior staff has been assembled to talk to the stranger. This, this scene drove me study us and study the captain. Why did you pick today? Why not a year ago or a year from now? Oh, I picked the right day, all right. Just wait. You'll see. Um, do you always sit there on, on that side of the table? Usually. Why? <laughs> not, not important. Professor, at what point... Does time travel become a tool for historians? Now, now, Commander. You know better than that. I've studied a great deal about your century, including the fact that you're all quite aware of the dangers of anyone altering the past, and that's exactly what I'd be doing if I were to divulge information like that. Tellurian Plague. <laughs> Big part. The Tellurian mm, Plague they was really a play cure. Beverly. I mean... Like a dope in this one. I do. I really <laughs> liked her... Her scene with him in the sick bay, where oh, she's like I'll interference and like, I, I I liked the way that uh, Gates McFadden played it. I really thought it was like clever, and I enjoyed her performance. Is what I'll say. Um, you can make a determination, and uh, thank you in advance for curbing your curiosity. If I hand my assignment in on time, can I get a glimpse into next week's poker game? <laughs> I was surprised that there was no there's no response line like oh Jordy you're always known for your your sure. joking. Uh, by the way, also like I feel like that was ADR. The laughter, like well, of course the laughter was. 
curiosity. Right? If I hand my assignment in on time, can I get a glimpse into next week's poker game? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the lat. The, that's the biggest smile we've ever seen from Captain Picard yes. in the history of Star that Trek. That's true. It's particularly he, in this situation, like just because he's giddy as a schoolboy. Yeah, with this whole premise of learning through time travel. Yeah, let's see it. Why not? Other than here, it's. Uh. Well, of course he is. All the things he could tell us, all the things he would like to tell us. It might be that. I don't know. <laughs> Shouldn't you? He's <laughs> an imposter. God knows we've seen enough of them. Well, he is human. You've seen enough time travel imposters? Yeah. Was that, is that a reference to something we did? I don't know. That, that, we did? that lady pretended to be the, the, the god, and, you know, people were. Oh, okay, to be imposter. Yeah, okay. But first of all, he's human. That's, that's, that's evidence number one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to trust him more because he's, he's already said he was human. Proved that, right, Doctor? He's human, all right. And there was a temporal distortion back there, correct, Mr. Wolf? Yes, sir. And no one can deny that that ship of his is unlike anything we've ever seen. The hull is made of some kind of plasticized titanium mesh. We've nothing like it on record, at least not until now. This does not prove any of his story. Mr. Wolf, I do appreciate your caution. I share it. Sort of, but he's here. (laughs) Bring his vessel into the shuttle bay. Place it under guard. Yes, sir. I realize that this visit is going to be difficult for some of us. But I've examined his credentials and everything seems to be in order, so I think we should extend to him every courtesy. It's insane! He also could have brought credentials with him. What like, credentials? The ones he stole from the guy he stole the ship from. There's mm-hmm. no reason to believe If that. that's true, then I would buy that a little bit more if there was some kind. But even then, like, what, it, even if they're 26th century credentials, what bearing do they have on the 23rd century? Well, if you look, at the, you look at the date, it says it right there, Andy. Huh? His future date on his credentials. It's always going to be dated in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I've looked at it. You cannot deny that this is the future. <laughs> you see here? It says the year 2573. <laughs> You can't deny it. <laughs> he even wrote it out. 10, 11, 73, 27. Look at this. I'm telling this you right here. 25, 70. It's from the DMV. <laughs> Doing questionnaires, Mr. Wolf. I mean, I just think he's giddy to have his senior staff answering questionnaires. Like, now he's he got the idea. I think every week now, Picard will be handing out questionnaires. <laughs> This is really a thrill, Data. Like running across a Redstone missile or a Gutenberg Bible to think the Model T of androids. Seems a little too eccentric to touch the, the guy's face. Model get get a dwarf face. Perhaps the subsequent Model A would be a more apt analogy, since I am Dr. Noonien Sung's revised prototype. I think I- neither would be a great analogy, because the Model T was mass-produced, and Data is one of a kind. Mm-hmm. Data, fix it. Rick Berman, yeah. think about it. Come on, bud. Yeah, I agree. Uh, here we go. Stand corrected. I also feel like he could have been funnier in this episode because Matt Frewer is incredibly funny. I think, he, I think yes, he's supposed to be funny, but is, he's not that funny. But he's working with what he was given. Uh, yeah, I'm not blaming it on Matt Frewer. I'm just saying that the character should have been funnier. Is there a problem, Professor? 
<laughs> what do you think of this? When he makes Dana dry his hands. So weird. I thought for sure that that was going to be like, he's going to get everybody to do his bidding on this ship now. Oh, a little mislead for you, huh? But so weird. Why would they have that moment? I want to see what it says. Well, maybe because, you know, androids in the 27th century are just servants. <laughs> oh, maybe. Oh, that makes more sense. He finishes washing and holds out his hand. I'm looking at the script. Treating Data like a men's room attendant. After a beat, Data catches on and hands him a towel. But why? Because that's what they had in New Jersey was men's room attendants. I guess. <laughs> So weird. I assumed you would it be best if you kept your substance to yourself. So why would it be so snotty now? Yes, sir. I think he's snotty here because he knows that Data could find him out uh-huh. pretty easily. Right. And so he's trying to keep it close to the vest in, in these Data interactions. It does say patronizing as the reader, which mm-hmm. is the uh, the way that the person's supposed to describe the line. So I guess I guess he intended for him to be looking down on Data, although I'm not sure why. Uh, well, he called him the Model T, right? Right. So he's just like a he's thing. Like, well, I he's guess like, it makes no, sense. But he's like he's like in my century, we have fucking right. you know uh, Teslas. He thinks he's a robot. Just yes, a, a dumb robot. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Does it say he puts, pick, puts takes an apple out of his pocket? <laughs> no, it isn't. That, that was a that was a, a Matt Frewer brilliant <laughs> object work. So uh, here's the first of the act breaks, and Andy's correct. It is just Matt Frewer throwing an apple in the air and smiles. Whatever his plans, they're clearly going just as he'd hoped. Fade out, end of act one. Oh, shut up! You wrote that. Yeah. I love it. That's. I it guess is. that's like us leaving people in their wake, etc. Yeah. <laughs> Now, our drilling phases can release enough of the gas to form an envelope which should temporarily hold in the heat of the sun. We spend years, decades, trying to avoid... I was really certain that Stefan Gersich would have a Andy Seconda claim to fame. I was, I thought, I thought, like, this looks like a guy who Andy probably saw in some terrible thing. He didn't, uh, he didn't strike me. You know what the other lady did? I should look her up. You didn't see him in Carrie? I guess I did, but I don't remember. You didn't see him in television's Spellbound, <laughs> an yeah. episode of Starsky and Hutch. I will tell you this: the performances of these these scientists are completely off the wall. <laughs> they are so broad and weird. <laughs> he did a Remington Steel. Mm, this guy's a real journeyman. Oh yeah, I mean, come on. If you you can't do a Hawaii Five O OG and Remington Steel and be in the movie Perfect with Jamie Travolta Lee and Jamie Lee Curtis, um, he also yeah, he's a Pretender was later. Or was that a movie Pretender? This lady looked familiar. You mean Shay Garner? Depth Let's find out. Kilometers. Shay Garner was it? Uh, nope. Bullies and nope. uh, Thumbelina. No, neither of those things. Sorry. Two rivers, tropical rivers, are beginning to freeze. We better get started before there's nothing left to mend. She kind of looks a little bit like Missy Pyle. Yeah, yeah. Like a less cute Missy Pyle. You hear that, Missy Pyle? You're still number one in Andy's <laughs> Missy Pyle book. here. <laughs> I hate questionnaires. Professor, come and join us. 
I can't tell. Like, is Beverly like, I kind of got the hots for this future time traveler, or is she like, I just want to know everything I can about the future medical advances. Well, this is what I was going to say is that's why it bothered me that in that scene, I thought for a second they were, when he's like blatantly hitting on her, I thought for a second that we were leading in the thing of like, well, this isn't cool, so you're way out of line. But I feel like they were kind of playing it in between that where she's still a little intrigued i think she was playing it like that i find that weird well let's see how it was written when you get to that yeah, point fair. Uh, yeah. as i promised here are your assignments yeah, i'm sure they'll be painless please try and complete them by tomorrow tomorrow no problem professor uh, you're all very calm is there some reason we shouldn't be history always records this is the part of his whole con manning that is way off base if you ask me yeah it's like this is a nice conversation we're having i don't need to raise questions <laughs> about things to come by saying the following right where people were what they were doing when important events took place but it rarely remembers their activities say a week before or a day or even an hour are you suggesting that an important event is imminent? I didn't say that now, did I, please? Uh, just go on doing what you're doing and pretend I'm not here. I mean, unless your theory is correct and you already knows no what happens. Why is there no record of other future historic? Yeah, but like, why like choose this Penthar 4 thing of all the things? I guess because they saved yeah, the planet? Yeah, I guess. But like, I guess it's like, like I need to find a mission the Enterprise did where yeah. they... Uh, saved a bunch of things, but weren't in battle, so right. I don't. Yeah, die. had a lot of t- yeah, had a lot of time a on their hands. For a, me lot of, uh, a lot of a lot of risk uh, with the uh, no no risk high reward situation. I just me. I guess I just also feel like I'm not buying the way their hand. Like even if it, it was real, and it, his story did check out, I'm not buying the way that they're reacting to a guy coming from the future and observing them. It seems like yeah. they're all just well, they're like, all like so. Like, why would they go along with it anyway? Just because he's from the future doesn't mean they know his agenda. Yeah, and it can't be like, just look it up. <laughs> yeah. Important events. We're obviously very careful. As a matter of fact, a colleague and I recently paid a call on a 22nd century vessel. They hadn't perfected quarantine fields. That's, that's his vessel, I assume. I assume so. You know what I mean? Yeah. Good point. He's pretending so, to be the guy that discovered his vessel. Right. So that he's like, so what I'm assuming now, this is a lot of, I have to fill in the blanks myself. Yeah. I'm assuming, Andy, that this guy that came back to this ship that he was on was a time-traveling historian. Right. I think he says that at the end. Uh, okay. So he's like, oh, Maybe shit, I'm that's a thing? Yeah. Hmm. Right. And now, you know, I'll just go be that thing and figure out how to get profit from it. It's funny that he, uh, I was about to say, he should have changed his clothes, but he did change his. He stole the clothes. He says that they fit yeah. him. And that's supposed to be future clothes? Yeah. Seems like that clothes is more future past clothes. clothes. Look like? You probably saw some surgical masks and gloves. Isn't that fascinating how everyone has different interests when it comes to history? Different perspectives. Here's what you could do right now. Yeah, indulge her because it's about the past, your past. Right. Start telling her the things you saw in the past right. and like really feed into the whole thing. That's a really good point. Or just look at your tiny tricorder watch. It's on progress. Would you mind telling me what that is? Yeah, just checking the time. No problem. 
Is something important supposed to be happening here? No, no, it's nothing. It's nothing. Uh, what about you, Commander? What do you see as the most important example of progress in the last 200 years? I suppose the warp coil. Before there was warp drive, humans were confined to a single sector of the galaxy. Spoken like the consummate explorer. What is going on? What is Are you that? expecting someone? Phasers. It's him being quirky. too over the top quirky in the moment. Yeah. Like, it's also like, you don't need to like, look, if you're going to be a con man and you're going to do this, you can get away with it pretty easily. Right. Why don't you just fucking go to the 24th century equivalent of Best Buy and buy the latest whatever? <laughs> that was one thing. And then about. just take your time chip back. To, yeah. Don't end up at fucking Penthar 4. Right. At the Enterprise. To steal some trinkets. Don't essentially uh, go hang out with the police. Right. Yeah. 100%. Space police. Yeah. Just fucking go to Earth. Yeah. Go to New Jersey. You know, whatever. I agree. This guy. So, I mean, that, that's the thing. There's like this little like butt character. I mean, I'm just gonna give. I'm probably giving it more credit than it's worth. Yeah. As I believe, the, according to Andy's uh, tone, I am. Uh, it's like holes in this character's logic. Yeah. Which sort of play into the fact that he isn't that good at this. He's a bad con man. Yes. Yeah. He's a better failed inventor. Right. Did he kill the guy or just knock him out and take his clothes? That was... Well, I kind of Is feel he like a murderer? They, I feel like they missed a bet in not making him a murderer because I kind of felt like they were leaning into that and then they didn't go there all the way. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I would have liked to have seen him be that much of a bastard. Yeah. But I have a feeling that they were saving him for a or later possible... Do something to maybe... Appearance. No. This is your classic... One-off. Tie it up in a bow and go home. Yeah, but they don't kill him. Yeah, no, they just put him in a prison. That's a perfect thing to have him release or escape later, like Harry And then what does he do? He has some kind of time thing he does. But he has no time travel anymore. I feel like the the intention is to make this character a Harry Mudd. And he just doesn't pay off that much. Interesting. He cons them all. And I think he's supposed to be charming, but he's not, obviously. Which well, is this is another part of the he's problem? Charming two very special people, but this is why I've, Picard I, and Crusher. But this is why, I've, uh, to that point, part of the problem with the sh- with the episode to me is if you're going to have a guy come on the but ship, also, Harry Bud never charmed anybody on the Enterprise. Fair, but he, he's he's the consummate con man. This character, but he's not. He, as we're saying, he's not good at being a con man. But that's a problem, I guess. I'm saying story wise because. Where's the threat in this episode? Like, there's the stuff on the planet, fair, but that has nothing to do with That's the real the central yeah. story. And so it's it's like really but it's like your classic B. It should be him playing people against each other, figuring out to what end. I feel like it should. Well, if you're not even not going to do that, it's like okay, play into Picard's love of of history, play into Beverly's love of. He sort of does it, but then he gets all weird when he hits on her. He doesn't really play to warp in think the, he the warrior stuff. To find such a fair maiden aboard a ship. I guess I'm saying, as a con man, I think it would have been more. And I feel like the story almost leads into this. It turns into this direction. It would have been more appropriate if he was playing into what each of them wanted to see in him and his position as someone from the future. Yeah, I mean, he does sort of hit. This is sort of him hitting that sort of like. 
hitting that post a little bit where he's like, you like this, you like this, and That's you like thing, this. But it's done ham-handedly, and it's he doesn't really convince anybody. So ham-handedly. Yeah. It's just in the 22nd century. Uh, you see, Doctor, our Klingon friend is a perfect example of what I was trying to tell he you. Does it in a patronizing way. through the eyes of a hunter, a warrior. His passion lies in the perfection of the tools of violence. How delightfully... Like, why? Why would you insult him? You want to get him on your side. He's a security officer. Everything he's doing is terrible. Yeah. He's, like, bad at everything. Like, he should, like, really have, like, not even gone over to talk to them. Yeah. He should fucking confine himself to his quarters. Yeah. And just go to the three places he wants to go. Steal something from sickbase. You know what I mean? I mean, it's obviously because of his vanity, so that's in the character. That's interesting, but it's like that doesn't—that vanity doesn't play off, pay off in an interesting story. What I would have added to this? What I would have added that twenty-sixth century time traveler, the real one, to this to come in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sort of like you know, on Riza. Remember when they're trying to destroy that weapon, and those people are cops from the future, quote unquote. Yeah. I kind of would have done something like that. Maybe he has that guy bound and gagged in the ship, uh-huh. and he keeps having to ask that guy questions. That would be great, you know. So like, there's this eminent threat, but instead of what, but instead what we get is four acts of mislead. Yeah, I love this episode. <laughs> as soon as he says there hasn't been so much as a quiver down there in well over a century. Aha! Uh-huh. Just the two I'm looking for. Um, probably the forms I need you to complete shouldn't take anything more than a couple hours kind of busy here professor tomorrow would probably be better data we've got about twenty-three thousand thermal simulations you think you could check them over for anomalies certainly <laughs> like this like this like he's so he's sitting here next to jordy watching data do this then he has to say something patronizing about Jen, data that's so weird not fast enough for you, Professor? There's pretty little known about Data's efficiency. Why? Almost nothing about its part in this mission. It's a topic of great conjecture. Mm. 209 anomalies all within the Like, what I would... Parameters. The connection I would draw from that is, oh, there must have been another horrible disaster that erased all, you know, most of the records. Yeah. But if that's the case, then you're revealing that about the future. So, again, you're being a bad con man because yeah. you're pretending to be a terrible historian. yeah. yeah. You're telling us that nothing exists of us, or yeah. <sighs> Don't ruin this for me. Sorry. <laughs> and then he says, "Does this stupid thing?" You just thought of me as a fly on the wall. And what about your business? I will have your answered questions as soon as possible, Professor. Data at Penthera Four. If you'll excuse me, um, you're. So that's the thing. Then I'd be like, Jordan, if I was Jordan, I'd be like, so that's what you're talking about. You're talking about this particular mission with Panthera 4. This is the big thing that's happening because you just said data at Panthera 4. (laughs) A visor. Visor, right. A visor. You know, I have a picture of you wearing that in my office. How do you like it? It allows me to see. Why do you have a picture of me in your office? Yeah. And you don't know what this is called. If you're such a big student of Jordy LaForge, you'd probably know about a visor. (laughs) A fly on the wall, huh? Fly on the wall. The computer has configured the drilling patterns and specified depths. Captain, we've got everything we need. I'm ready to transport down to the surface. I'll notify Dr. Get Bosley. me out of here. Good luck, Jordy. <laughs> Gentlemen. Put you in great danger, Jordy. I don't care. Who said these moments were any less exciting when you know the outcome? 
I know of no one who said that, Professor. <laughs> That's the best line of the whole thing. <laughs> if, if I was that guy, I'd be like, oh, right, he hasn't said it yet. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been great! That would have been a better line. The Enterprise will monitor the CO2. <laughs> She's got a clown nose. It's just because where she's standing, Andy. She's standing at a drill you guys, site. You have got you to go get a pause it. to you gotta, 1714. 1714. Pause it. And it, it, it look, she's got a clown nose. A clown nose. Oh, Jesus. Oh, this is the best thing that's ever happened. Concentration. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this dumb episode I love so much. <laughs> Target fourteen complete. He's shooting sir. the first at the the surface with the with the shoot pew pews. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. There's a long history of that. Remember when uh, they stunned everybody on the Chicago street in a piece of the action? <laughs> you do remember that? Data, what have you got? No change, sir. How are the surface winds, Jordy? Yeah, it looks pretty windy. Steady, it's like there's a fan blowing on some set trees. Soft, really. <laughs> we should be getting something now, Data. Elevated CO2 levels at 20 kilometers, sir. Now you're talking. We've got some new temperatures coming in. All thermal monitoring stations are reporting no further temperature drops. Correction, doctor. Two equatorial stations are reporting slight increases. You motherfucker, don't correct me. This is my lab. You've given us what we need. Time. That performance. The guy is crazy. The Enterprise will remain in orbit and continue to monitor your progress. Picard out. You've given us what we need. Time. Benson, return to synchronous orbit. <laughs> See, he's not... In that moment, it's like, what the fuck is this guy doing next to me? He's delighted. He's weirded out I by do. him. <laughs> Very clever, Picard. Well done. We always knew how you did it, but to experience the moment, to witness the nuances, it's uh, indescribable. Just stay in your quarters. Yeah. No one would be suspicious. Like maybe maybe Picard's thinking the whole time is just like you're a terrible historian. <laughs> you're bad at this. Professor, is everything all right? Are you well? Yes, couldn't be better. Thank you. Um, I just thought we might chat about your questionnaire. Buck up, crewman. You're a credit to that uniform. I'm an ensign, I've got sir. To take care of. Uh, no, please, <laughs> counselor. I very much appreciate you remaining. Doctor, in response to my sixth question, you spoke of a neural stimulator. Uh, may I see one? I don't see why not. Give me a minute. I do like her. What the hell happened to the guy's leg, by the way? Did you see it, Andy? Andy, look at it. She's covered in. Like you got mauled by something. Look at this. What, what the How did that accident happen on the Enterprise, guys? What, if you can pause it at twenty thirty three, you'd really be in for a hoot. Why'd you put a? Why'd you put blood on this guy's <laughs> leg? <laughs> what? Oh, I just do? thought he was in sick bay. I you thought know, he uh, he was probably playing Ampo Jitsu. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Skiing <laughs> with Riker's dad. <laughs> I do like this you don't like interaction. Much, do you? I don't dislike you, Professor. I like. The structure. Keep your eyes wide, soldier. You'll be telling your grandchildren how you were there at Penthera 4. Take it down a notch, bud. It just doesn't add up. So I like the idea that that tr- he knows that Troy is the one person that's that's on to him. He because knows she's, she's an, empath. an empath because so he went in the future and found out about it. They're her. going toe to toe, but it's like 
I would I would start that like from the beginning. He has a plan for how to neutralize Troy. Then we don't think that Troy's being bad at her job by not figuring it out. So whether it's knocking her out well, or think... just interfering with her ability in some way, I don't think or facing off with her or, ma- or undermining her in some way with the rest of the crew. In this one, I buy the she, whole. The best she gets is he's, yeah, he's hiding, hiding something. something. Yes, which you know can be either way. It's like he's hiding the truth about the future, or he's hiding a, a lie. Um, I don't mind that that much. She, at least, at she least would have been able to like, sense that he's. At least she's not like I can't get a reading on this guy. I understand, but at least she would have been able to sense like he's has a nefarious intention in terms of stealing things. Mm, I'd be on board with that. Yeah, Andy. I just would like to have seen them go toe to toe in some logical, yes. intelligent way instead of him just. But I do like this being snide. This thing, this this little argument they get to have here, or. Not an argument. Uh, interaction. But you don't trust me. You should, you know. Should I? Picard's empath won't trust you. That's what they all said. Picard's empath. We're not that unalike, you and I. Picard's empath. What does that mean? You possess a sense that is foreign to the others. My knowledge of the future is similar. You know, some of my best friends are empaths. They trust me. Why should you care whether I trust you or not? We're birds of a feather. We're colleagues could learn a lot from each other you're right I don't trust you I knew you'd say that I'm sure you did <laughs> well let's see you too I think his problem is that he's too horny <laughs> that does seem to be the problem he hits on Troy and then he just follows it right up by hitting on Beverly also why is Beverly saying I'm finally I'm glad you two finally getting along why is she invested either way there's probably a cut scene Let's find out. Where they didn't get along. Yuck. <laughs> Let's find out if there's a cut scene. Dun, 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 dun. With Andy. Seconda. Face blind, but not scene blind. Where would I put it? Where would I look for it? I guess you'd look for Troy's dialogue, because she was only in two previous scenes. What's well, not in this scene. No, I don't think it would be in this scene. I think it would be before. It would probably be like in the 10 forward scene. Just search for Troy. Okay. First one is in there, right? Yep. Sorry, I back to the it's beginning. a big script. These are hour longs. They're not short, I'll tell you that much. They're about an hour long. Hard to tell. He's holding something back. Yep. Troy stands with Beverly. He's after no, I think this is it. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> then No cutscene. Bad job. Yep. Why don't you try a bear light scan? I'd be interested to see what his micro levels are. Oh, you're also interested in micro levels. That means you probably so, want to get down tonight. You? <laughs> you're a very curious woman. Hmm? No, no, I, I don't mean curious like that. I mean, you're like George. Curious, curious like <laughs> what? Like, like, are you a weird like what? woman? Like, what is he? What is the like that? He meant you're curious, like weird, or curious, like intrigued. Oh, by I stuff. see. I see. <laughs> Barrel-like levels about. I thought you might be curious to know what a 26th century dong looks like. <laughs> if he had said that's that in the scene, I would have been like, "All right, that's who this guy is. That's fine." Well, curiosity is why all of us are out here, isn't it? I understand, but um, you're different. You're more uh, vibrant. You're more um... more vibrant. That's nice. 
You know, whenever I travel back, I meet very interesting people, men and women. But right, we'll uh, see what it says in the script. I've never met anyone. I like that they played this all in this fifty-fifty shot. Oh, I, I really yeah, like that's that. That's true. No coverage. You're not supposed to be influencing the past, remember? Oh. <laughs> and I am beginning to feel just a little bit influenced. Anyway. I could be your great, 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 great grandmother. <laughs> She's confused how generations work. <laughs> then he takes the. Oh, you're not gonna like. You're not gonna like this, folks. <laughs> oh no! What is it? You know, whenever I travel back, I meet very interesting people, men and women, but never thought, never anyone who gave me thoughts about not going home. Beverly is genuinely flattered, a bit turned on. Well, this is, uh, we should play the new jingle. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's my thing. It took a second to pick together. Well, you know, it's in the email. You'll find it. Right. I have faith in you, Andy. Look, it's a new jingle. We're working the kinks out. We sure are. It's like having a 26th century jingle in 21st century Earth. Got to figure out how it works, figure out whose handprint's going to open this thing. So true. Where is it? The... I told you to file that away. No, I told you to file the spoiler one away. There it is. This one should be filed away, too, because it does come up quite a bit. And that one was... I'm trying to remember which one it was. Wharf's playing, yeah. right? I have much to teach you about women. It's perfect. <laughs> so, Andy, <laughs> she's playing it exactly like it was written, is what she you're telling me. She sure is. I, in, if anything, then I give, I give props to Gates McFadden. Totally. I thought she nailed this scene. For playing... A little bit of the hesitancy that was clearly not written into the script. Well, it's just like the way she. I think like the blo- I thought it was. I thought she really did a fantastic like job just in this like scene. Walked the line. Yeah, yeah, and like did it in a very believable way. Yeah, for twenty fourth century doctors. Good for you, Gates McFadden. Gates crushing it again. Doctor Crusher crushing it. Hmm? What kind of questions did he have for you, number one? All he wanted to know about. Was- this is almost a little giddy, right? Like, he's like, what, what, did, they, what did he ask you? Previous <laughs> starships, what I thought was innovative about the last Enterprise, the one before that, he said he wanted to see if we had a grasp of the fundamentals. His questions to me primarily focused on Dr. Sung's... So I guess that supports your theory, that he's just looking for information in his future, but in, in their past. Right. I'm detecting a massive earthquake on the surface. <laughs> Number one to earthquake stations. <laughs> like he just bolts up so quick. I love it. Quakes. Location. Both epicenters are beneath the two southernmost drill sites. A lot of Is the forge still tracking shots? Yes, sir. Find him. I mean, amped up. I, that is well cut. I think it's well uh, shot. This scene. Seems We've also got bit. some volcanic activity. Pretty severe. Magnify. Too much movement. I say. Well, it's like he's trying to. This feels like. Let me bring a little excitement into this episode. <laughs> Probably. That's, is fair. Happening. That's fair. Uh, two more eruptions. Uh, they're wake proof. Volcanoes are throwing into the atmosphere is going to compound the existing problem. In a matter of days, there'll be no sunlight getting through these clouds. No amount of CO2 will help us then. Captain, 
Take a look at this. I'm thinking about getting this new pillowcase. Do you like it? <laughs> Number one. These are the coordinates of the eruptions, and these are the coordinates of the phaser drilling sites. The mantle is collapsing where the pressure was released. Captain, Dr. Mosley and I have a couple of ideas, but it's going to take some time to sort them out. Sort them out, Jordy. Aye, sir. We came here to help these people. And look what we've done. Uh, Andy, I know you're not uh, doing... You're deliberately not saying anything right now because you're trying to fix a problem that they don't need to know about. But my question to you is... Do you? I don't have a charger for your computer. Do I know. You, I left my. I, I thought I packed it. I did not pack it. Did it die? Yeah. Guys, we're gonna have to fly with no more jingles. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Luckily, we got a lot of men. Um, you know, it, the wharf splaining one probably did us in. Yeah, that 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 overtaxed the engines. <laughs> uh, Although you I know, also I knocked out a year, year power cord. That's okay. Uh, I thought we had one for you. Guys, we're back. Crisis not averted. Sorry, guys. This is our Penthar 4. Look, we got a lot of jingles. We got a lot of sounds that already happened. <laughs> so many things need to happen. Uh, Data's listening to a bunch of music. Only four today. Also, a very long way. I'm Assistant Commander LaForge with a Him very turning complex off the music calculation. One by one. Demands a great deal of my concentration. Mm. Well, I, uh, and we'll never know what Rick Berman's intention was because Andy was the guy who looks up scripts. <laughs> Still look it up. Yeah, and my phone. Ooh. Promises, promises. If you could provide us with some schematics? Certainly. As soon as my work here is completed. As long as it's before 0900 tomorrow, that's when I'll be uh, heading back. Bridge to Commander Data. Yes, Worf. Commander LaForge is hailing you from the surface, sir. Patch him through, please. Have you rerun the phase reversal figures, Data? There were no errors, Geordi. The variance must be no more than 0. .06 terawatts. Well, I don't see any other choice. We'll continue to run the numbers down here, but I doubt we'll come up with anything different. Seems like also stealing something from the androids' quarters is the dumbest idea. He's the one who will notice things immediately. Which you suppose he's going to want to hear first? He absolutely would have noticed it, but did he... Do you think he... The good news. Do you think he does notice it? I mean, like, they do put you think it together, like, so... When, what was the piece of information that made them put it together? I don't remember. Uh, Andy, that's the mag safe, right? The first mag safe? Huh? I'm buying, I'm buying you a charger to have here. Oh, okay. And it'll, it'll come tomorrow. Nice. And you'll always have it. Exciting. Uh, crisis is averted. In the future. Future crisis is. Oh, only a time traveler came earlier today. Yeah. To here to witness this podcast, oh, which obviously is hugely historically historian. significant. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have done uh, anything. It was the day just... I launched my plans to one day become the president of the Writers Guild. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> running on my platform of two things. Um. Uh, then we, I would have had it, but you know, whatever. Live and learn, guys. Live and learn. Do you think Henry will like listen to all your podcasts in the future? I do think about that sometimes, and I, 
It's kind of an upsetting thought, isn't it? Well, it's worrying to me in the sense that I talk about frequently on Excellent Adventure, yeah. desperately wanting a girl <laughs> and not a boy. Uh-huh. Um, and like he literally can go back and literally listen to every step yeah. of his conception. Sure. It's kind of nice. Listen to me complain about jerk-off rooms. Listen to me fucking complain about uh, parking prices. Uh-huh. Listen to me complain about how much he costs. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, listen to the joy that we had. And also hear himself as a baby sometimes on the podcast. It's it's an interesting time capsule for him to have. Any future and child of mine very would just unique. hear me being an idiot and incompetent and letting the uh, power run down on my computer and not knowing things, <laughs> well, not understanding you know, things. It's also like, it's amazing to me, like, think about how much me there is on audio form for him. Yeah. Well, that's what I was wondering. Is like, that's the thing that will protect you? Is there's too much? No, no child would want. <laughs> no to child will go through all. I mean, I think I was on like 850 nerdists. Sure. You know, 120 of this, 100 yeah. and some out of Phoebe. Like it's just like there's so many podcasts. Dory and I have done, you know, probably 150, 160 podcasts. Yeah, we're not that much. We, Excellent Adventure isn't that much newer. Older, rather, than this podcast. Are you guys still going weekly? Yeah. We do it every Sunday. Just created a great... Sometimes I update people on Andy. (laughs) Why we haven't recorded, when we're going to record, things like that. Deal of electrostatic energy in the upper atmosphere. See how I'm doing. With a modified phaser blast, we can create a shock front that would encircle the planet and ionize the particles. That would be like striking a spark in a gas-filled room. With one exception, sir. The particles would be converted into a high-energy plasma, which our shields could absorb and then redirect harmlessly into space. Turn the Enterprise into a lightning rod. Precisely, sir. And the bad news? If our phaser discharge is off by as little as 0.06 terawatts, it would cause a cascading exothermal inversion. Meaning? We would completely burn off the planet's atmosphere. Yikes. (laughs) Good push-in. Yeah, that's a that's a reasonable one. Good pushing and a and a nice. Now, is this inhale. a reasonable gamble that he takes? Well, they do, I save do like there's ten like a thousand people. Well, again, no, there's twenty million people, right, on this planet. But isn't he trying to save? He's, no, no, the ten thousand was for me saying like you could beam up at least. 10, I thought there was something about ten thousand people, but that I guess was me and you talking. No, no, earlier. Bef- beyond that in the show. Yeah, no. we'll see later. Um, but because uh, when he's talking about the gamble. That he has to take, and I'm I'm a gambling person. Anyway, we can just go forward. We'll get to it. I'm well, sure. I mean, we're gonna hit his hit the Picard speech about nothing that makes you really feel like it's about something. Because <laughs> here it is. Planet beneath us, which is slowly turning to ice, and unless we do something about it, I'm told that in a matter of weeks, well, let's hear what he thousands, says. maybe tens of thousands, will die. Oh, there you go. There you go. In a matter of weeks. Yes, it would. It would be quite a shame. <laughs> that's a great so, delivery. Uh, <laughs> What's your master commander? Forge has a possible solution. Is it would, margins it of would error be quite a shame critical. if tens of thousands of people died. That's great. I wonder what the reader was. Let's find out. Uh, that would be however a shame. You, it probably says however you want. Would be the reader because it's fucking Patrick Stewart, you know. It just says turning to Rasmussen. It doesn't have a reader. There you go. That's Picard. That's Patrick Stewart being Patrick Stewart. But if successful, 
there'll be no more threat. And if it's not successful? Every living thing on the planet will perish. So, do nothing and thousands will die. Do something and millions could die. That's a tough choice. Not if you were to help me. <laughs> You're not suggesting I tell you the outcome of your efforts. Oh, no. I'm not. But he is. Everything that Starfleet stands for, yeah. everything that but I have ever believed in, tells me I cannot ask you that. But at the same time, there are 20 million lives down there. And you know what happened to them. What will happen to them. So it seems you have another dilemma. One that questions your convictions. Well, I've never been afraid of reevaluating my convictions, Professor. And now, well, I have 20 million reasons to do so. And why did you ask to see me? Because your presence gives me a potential access to a kind of information that I've never had available to me before. And... If I am to re-examine my beliefs, then I must take advantage of every possible asset. It would have been irresponsible of me not to ask you here. However you come to terms with your beliefs, Captain, I must tell you, I'm quite comfortable with mine. How can you be? How can you be comfortable watching people die? <laughs> um, let me put it to you this way. If I were to tell you that none of those people died, you'd easily conclude that you tried your solution and it succeeded. So you. This is good. This is a. I, 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 I like the uh, acting happening here on both sides. I agree it's with very that. Very different schools and uh, both very good at yeah, what they're doing. I agree with that. Try again. No harm in that. But what if I were to tell you they all died? What then? Obviously, you'd decide not to make the same mistake twice. Now, what if one of those people grew, yes, grew up... Yes, Professor, I know. What if one of those lives I saved down there is a child who grows up to be the next Adolf Hitler? Or Khan Singh? Every first-year philosophy student has been... Clap, 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 If this was a rebooted movie in, 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 in the now times, yes. Yeah, he said Khan. It's all connected. <laughs> that question since the earliest wormholes were discovered but this is not a class in temporal logic it's not theoretical it's not hypothetical it's real surely you see that i see it all too Great. well yeah. but you must see that if i were to influence you everything in this sector in this quadrant of the galaxy could change history my history would unfold in a way other than it already has now what possible incentive could anyone offer me to allow that to happen I have two choices. Either way, one version of history or another will wend its way forward. The history you know or another one. Now, who is to say which is better? What I do know is that here, today, one way millions of lives could be saved. Now, isn't that incentive enough? Everyone dies, Captain. It's just a question of when. All of those people down there died years before I was born. All of you up here as well. So you see, I can't get quite as worked up as you over the fate of some colonists who, for me, have been dead a very, very long time. Of course, you know of the Prime Directive, which tells us that we have no right to interfere in the natural evolution of alien worlds. Now, I have sworn to uphold it. But nevertheless, I have disregarded that directive on more than one occasion. Because I thought it was the right thing to do. Now, if you are holding on to some 
temporal equivalent of that directive. And isn't it possible that you have an occasion here to make an exception to to help me to choose because it's the right thing to do? We're just talking about a choice. It sounds to me like you're trying to manipulate the future. But every choice we make allows us to manipulate the future. Do I, um, do I invite Adrienne or Suzanne to the spring dance? Do I take my holiday on Corsica or Risa? A person's life, their future hinges on each of a thousand choices. Living is making choices. Now, you ask me to believe that if I make a choice other than the one that appears in your history books, then your past will be irrevocably altered. Well, you know, Professor, Perhaps I don't give a damn about your past because your past is my future. And as far as I'm concerned, it hasn't been written yet. Captain. I mean, it's come great. on. That's all nonsense. It is nonsense. And he is just like... He's really nailing it. You know what I like about Patrick Stewart? That's a... Is you can never see him acting. Yeah. You don't see the seams. No. He's always in it. Sure. Like, he's always, like, deep in it. But it's also... And you think about the fucking page. That must have been a page of dialogue. But it's also not even... It's not like naturalistic. It's very bravado Shakespearean performance. Yes. But he's so, mm-hmm. you know, it's inhabiting like, it. This is why I love Captain Picard so much. But of course, the underlying thing about all this is, if you're that worried about changing things, why are you talking to anyone? Why are you there? Exactly. Go back to your quarters yeah. after you've stolen a tricorder from a hallway. And then go and invent a tricorder. <laughs> or just have it be like, oh, historians watch us in the future, so, but they don't see I don't, don't know why that. he took Worf's knife. It seems very primitive. I don't remember that. <laughs> when did he take Worf's knife? knife is on in the on the tray of things that <laughs> are missing. Like, what a nice touch. Like, you just couldn't, you just wanted to know how, I just like the uh, knife. How, these, how these blades came out to the side. <laughs> like, it's a switch, and uh, it's probably spring-loaded. <laughs> Static conditions are about as good as they're going to get. But And also, by the way, I do feel, I do feel that the character of time travel in Rasmussen yeah is genuinely sorry here that he can't help because it was i think cuz i think that was such a good captain picard speech right. that because he also doesn't know the outcome but he's like i really sorry according to the the retcon otherwise how does he know their name is Worf and all that stuff he does know what happened i bet he just didn't i bet he doesn't I bet he didn't read very far in <laughs> to his research. Honestly, he trust right to the type that no, wouldn't. I feel like a total dick because but he, I, I could have looked this up because look, and it was just so long the Wikipedia entry. You know what I mean? It's also because he like in that moment when he's there with Picard and Picard's drilling in the surface. Yeah, he speaks like that was the solution. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. I feel like he got that far into this log or whatever and was like that's where I'm gonna go that seemed to work out just fine Penthara 4 is still here I just vacationed there <laughs> if we're going to try this now's the time please don't ask me captain I can't help you sorry How long will it take to program the phases, number one? We've just got to tie into Geordi's atmospheric sensors. So, you've made your choice after all. And without my help. Oh, on the contrary, Professor. You were quite helpful. How's that? By refusing to help me, you left me with the same choice I had to begin with. To try or not to try. To take a risk or to play it safe. 
And your arguments have reminded me how precious the right to choose is. <laughs> Once again, well delivered. It doesn't really seem like it means anything. But also, this brings me back to my question. So, he says, it's never. Been, I've never been one to play it safe. And so, doesn't he risk the whole planet instead of just risking the 10,000 people that would have died? Well, he's saying that 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 that's the death toll within a short two weeks time uh-huh. the whole planet will just turn die. everyone will die i mean again they wouldn't because quite frankly picard to starbase 73 send every ship you have we have to evacuate penthar 4 <laughs> could you evacuate a whole planet that way sure 20 million people yeah i mean it would just take a lot of trips and where are mm-hmm. you going you're going to the next inhabited planet right yeah. okay yeah well then that's weird I just feel like they should have. Mm-hmm. I think it's like I think like they put out the, like I was watching it, thinking to myself, how funny would it be if there was a ship that was showing up to help evacuate, yeah. and all of a sudden the Enterprise is turning and blows the ionic atmosphere into that <laughs> into that ship. And goes, Wait, we're, we're here to help! <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> Captain Picard's gonna be so happy to see us. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Warp power has been rerouted from the main deflector dish, Commander. Keep those phasers on active surge control, Warp. We're only going to get one shot at this. Oh, this is it. I always only get one shot. You have the sequence locked in, Data? Yes, sir. After an 8.3-second burst from the dish, we will discharge all EPS taps through the phasers. It's time for you to return to the ship, Mr. LaForge. Very right. Mr. Ryan, stand by to transport. Excuse me, Captain, but I can be of a lot more help down here. We're going to have to compensate with the density variations right up to the last second. Dr. Mosley's computers can accomplish the same task, sir, but I believe Geordi would be better able to anticipate unexpected variances. Mr. Forge, you know better than anyone that there's no guarantee that this will work. I mean, the stakes are very high here for this con man. Sure. Get back to your ship. <laughs> yeah, so true. This is also a good time for him to escape. It's also a good time for him to... By the way, if he went into the ship right now, he's gone. Isn't it just, oh, just wait, hang, isn't out, the, just hang out in the, the ship? The watch thing, though, and is or the ring thing, isn't it like preset when it leaves? Yes, when it leaves. Uh-huh. So he can just go into it and hang out in there. They can't oh, yeah, get into true. that. They oh. can't penetrate that with anything. Oh, yeah. They can't even read the sensors to find out if he's in there. Right. And also, he could just say, hey, I got to go into my ship and do some stuff I can't tell you about. Yeah. yeah. I've got to compute this research into my future computer you can't see. Yeah. There's no guarantee it's going to fail, Captain. I'd like your permission to remain here on the surface. Permission granted. LaForge remain below. What? So annoying. Why are you saying that? Good luck, Commander. Thank you, Captain. The deflector. Um, I thought, by the way, for for an optical effect on a television show thirty years ago, yeah. this looked great. Oh, it looked great! Like when this thing comes around, and I mean, I, you know, we're watching the Blu-ray, and it's all been recomposited, but yeah. it looks great. He's scared. He doesn't know what's going to happen. That's the audience going, "Oh, yeah. he's a real chicken shit," or something. Here. It's almost like they when they when he goes LaForge here, I expected everyone to have streamers and party hats. 
Forge here. Yeah! We did it! Somebody walks by with a tie on his head, and you're like, that's a 20th century tie. What's that doing on his head? We're very successful, sir. Still breathing, Captain. We've got particulate levels right where they're supposed to be, and the sun is shining. See, Captain? I told you there was nothing to worry about. Report back to the ship when you're ready, Commander. Doctor, we'll stay in orbit and analyze the remaining volcanic disturbances. But the best advice will be to let them cool down on their own. Getting in the habit of thanking you, Picard. I don't like it. <laughs> Get out of my orbit. This is the previous time didn't actually save us, so I have to thank you again. It's nearly time for me to go. I am. Look, if Future Dress became like silk onesies with a nice robe, it wouldn't be bad. I guess it's pretty comfortable. Sure. Tickled pink to have had the opportunity of witnessing this Picard. And you did it all without any help. Well, let's run. Got some packing to do. You know you're a taller in person, Commander? Another weird thing. Why? Yeah. Like, it's not complimenting him in a way that really smooths things over. It's not. It's nothing. So when did they discover it? Because they already they looked at Worf and they're like, "All right, let's get set." Yeah, off camera. Yeah, because the story, you know, it's like a secret story. Weirdly, right? All of this is a secret story. Yeah. As who would have expected a teary farewell? I'm afraid we're going to have to take a look inside your vessel. Curious till the end, eh, Captain? <laughs> you can't be serious, Picard. We've been through this more than a once. Number of objects have been discovered missing in the last two days, and if they're in your possession. Then we would like to return. I'm not here in search of relics. <laughs> I'm sure they'll turn up. If you will not open the vessel, I will with explosives. Or my pal Dave, necessary. who's standing behind Picard. <laughs> if we don't get in that thing, I guarantee you don't Dave, either. It's very strong hands. <laughs> Considering the sensitive nature of my equipment, I think you'll understand if I request that only Mr. Data be allowed to see it. Why Data? Because if I order Mr. Data never to divulge what he sees in there, he won't. With the exception of anything that might belong to us. Understood, sir. Well, Data, I didn't, I didn't actually order you yet. <laughs> Back in a minute. That's his loophole when he comes out. Because in Picard's mind, there's still a chance this guy's from the future, and then he's going to be giddily asking Data, what did you see, Data? Yeah. Well, I didn't actually order you, remember? Oh, that's correct, sir. Well... Everything was shiny uh, and made of corrugated metal. Um, and the chairs looked very much like our own shuttle chairs. <laughs> I do not believe any of these items. <laughs> no, now, I thought, because he asked for data schematics earlier, Yeah, I thought that he was going to be able to use, use his, his off switch. Oh, sure, but that would have uh, been too much plot I do not you know, I guess Jordy doesn't see, so he doesn't notice the spare visor going. Yeah, what thing. the f? It's Jordy's visor. That's so dumb. But it's like Jordy's visor's here, and Worf's fucking whatever the hell sword. The knife is called a something. That le- no, no, it's a thing. it's a clem clem. No, it's not a clem. Pudak. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and then we have a tricorder, a couple isolinear chips, a pad, a hypo spray. Uh, and then I don't even see the neural stimulator here, by the way, everyone. Hmm. Maybe you lost it. Oversight by the props uh, cart. If any of these items belong to you, Professor. 
Uh, God. This is like, this is, this here, this yeah. is reminding me of like work in a way where I'm just like, I'm which hypo spray do you want? I'm literally like, I'm expecting Buddy to wheel his cart over to me. Yeah. And go, so this is what we're going to put in there in the tray. What do you do? Is this what you want? And I'm going to be like, you got anything else on there? I mean, he's like, well, we only have uh, one of Worf's knives and uh, a sh- visor. We're shooting in six minutes. Um, I'd be like, just, yeah, okay, just put it on there. Make it look crowded. Yeah. <laughs> Literally guarantee you that conversation happened. Sure. Or just this. This phaser is set at the highest. Do you have a phaser? Yeah, but he's going to have the phaser in the scene. Okay. Uh, yeah, then what you get's fine. There would be no danger in this moment because Data could just super fast grab the gun from him. Yeah, but he doesn't know what a phaser beam, if he gets the shot off, yeah. even if it's deflected, it could bounce around in there. Look at all that metal. It's very shiny. It's true. Done the same. If I'm killing both easily. of them. Correct. That is sufficient to immobilize even you. I've Data shakes it off. Stolen <laughs> these objects to put in a museum. Oh, far too valuable for that. You see, in the century I come from, they haven't even been invented yet. But this vessel and the temporal distortion that coincided with your arrival. Oh, this is a time pod, and it is from the 26th century. At least that's what the poor fellow said. You see, he decided to travel back to the 22nd century. That's my time. And he had the misfortune of meeting me. His clothes fit quite well, don't you think? It took me weeks to figure out how to work this thing. Then you are not an historian. More of an inventor. Up till a few weeks ago, a dismally unsuccessful one. What are your intentions, Professor? Well, thanks to your captain, it seems my intentions have changed slightly. I was quite content with the notion of returning with these trinkets. I'd invent about one a year. But now, look what fortune has graced me with. You will take a little longer to figure out than a tricorder, but it should be well worth the effort. If the auto timer is programmed the way I think it is, in about two minutes... Uh, that's what he should be punched in the face when he's staring at his tiny watch. <laughs> yes, amongst the many moments. He doesn't have to. New Jersey. I'm afraid you won't be awake for the ride. I assume your handprint will open this door, whether you are conscious or not. That's pretty awesome. That's a great line. Yeah. I wish it ended with Data having severed his hand with the face. <laughs> <laughs> Just tosses out the severed hand. Dick, you were right to suspect him, sir. But he is not from the future. He is from the past. You told me you were from the future. I was attracted to a future man, not a past now man. Now I'm more attracted to past man. Already has a professor. This was all a misunderstanding, Picard. Just let me back in there. We'll forget the whole thing. Now, what possible incentive could anyone offer me to allow that? I believe you will find all of the missing items in the vessel, sir. Doctor. Very nice performance. Not all of it. Some of it was real. (laughs) Captain. He claims to be a 22nd century inventor, Captain. Pity you weren't a bit more inventive. If fewer things had disappeared, we might never have suspected you. As it was, the only stumbling block was your ship. Our sensors couldn't penetrate it. But once the door was opened, the 
computer was able to detect. Why I'm explaining all of this to you is beyond me. And deactivate. The detective. Everything sure. you've stolen, yeah. including this. <laughs> I... Your tracer. <laughs> Love to hear more, Picard, but I, I really must get back in that pod. Take him to a detention cell, Mr. Worf, and notify Starfleet that we will be dropping him off at Starfleet. If Worf had been in there when it Our shot sir, back, he would have been stuck in the this. 22nd century. Oh, I'd watch that show all <laughs> that would, day. That would be or amazing. On 22nd century Earth. <laughs> I've got to get back. I don't belong here. No! Cruel and unusual punishment. Everything he knows is gone. I'm sure that made his own bed. He's a man out of time now. You legitimate historians at Starfleet will be quite eager to meet a human from your era. Even though we have perfect records. Welcome to the 24th century. There you go, Andy. We That's did it. the uh, thing. Uh, it's the, the NBC, the NBC. Only Matt and Andy know what it's gonna be. Will it be Data, Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher? Something, something, something. Season three. Beep, beep, beep. Boom. Well, I don't know. It's hard to. They don't. We don't really know who figured it out, but I guess it was Picard. It's Jordy. Save the planet. Yes. Oh, yeah, Jordy. Of course, it's Jordy. Save the day from this time traveler yeah. who... Because even if this guy had gotten away, he would have gotten away with some stuff. That he couldn't figure out how it was going to work ever, because yeah. it doesn't work on any, like, normal things from the 22nd century, so... It's totes, Jordy. Jordy, way to go, pal. Enjoy your MVC. <laughs> the Andes. Yeah, or some other... They were working on it. We're working on it. Uh, we feel very different about this episode. Even after picking it apart a thousand times over, this is one of those Matt enjoys episodes where Matt will flip the channel and stay tuned for quite a while. Uh, it's light. I like a light episode. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of heady bullshit happening. You got a great Picard speech in the middle. Mm-hmm. You got some, I think, uh, wonderful acting from six eighths of the cast. <laughs> Uh, and uh, you know, really, just did, I, I enjoy this episode quite a bit. So, Andy, I'm going to have to give this episode a seven point five. I like the setup, the idea of it. I like the fact that Furrow's in it. Although I don't like the the way the character is written at all. I think he could have been funnier. I think he could have been more interesting. I think he definitely could have been written smarter all over the all over the map. I think all the characters could have been written smarter. Um, and uh, and I give it a three. Ooh, ooh, that might be a, this might be our biggest variance yet. It might be. Um, well, Andy, it's And time. I feel like the plot, there's so much story that there could have been. There was so much room. So slow. There's so many scenes of him just fucking hassling people without charming or fooling them. <laughs> it's time for us to beam into the President's Circle. Okay. To thank our patrons uh, at the President's Circle level. If you would like to become one and get two bonus episodes of this podcast you can do that it's very easy go to patreon.com forward slash star trek tnc and he's looking at me confused there was a thing that i have forgotten but what was it we were gonna do we're gonna watch the picard trail oh there you go 
all I knew was something. <laughs> you looked at me with such disappointment. I just didn't know if I was like saying the wrong thing. No, no, no. I was like, uh, I was disappointed in my brain. So go to patreon.com uh, forward slash uh, Star Trek TNC. Uh, support the show. At the $5 level, you'll get yourself a fancy bonus podcast. Uh, this We're going through Discovery. You can get all the back catalog if you want to catch up. There's 13 gajillion episodes over there. Uh, and then if you're the President Circle, you get uh, two podcasts. We're marveling our way through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This month, we will be talking about Doctor Strange. Uh, and uh, I'm excited about it. And we're two episodes he's magic, away. He's got a magic cape. At the lieutenant's level, we got two more episodes. And then we're going to get into season Discovery. Uh Season one, we're going to go into the second season. I'm Which so I excited. I have never seen. This is gonna be, will this be the first time? I've ever watched it, yeah. I mean, this is the first time you and I have ever watched Star Trek that night. Well, at I guess the same Dis- time. Yeah, yeah, at the same time. Yeah. Other than Discovery. But you watched that ahead of me, so. I did slightly, because I had to talk about so it on this television. This will be interesting. Should we watch it together, Matt? We could. Okay. We could always watch this together, too. I don't mind watching. All right. Although I feel like you'd ask a lot of questions, because you know that I know. About? During, well, you feel like, I feel like you're a person. Yes. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, that if I've seen something that you have and we were watching it together, you mm. would you would ask your Andy-like plot questions before the show was going to play it out. And I'd be worried about spoiling things for you. I could do. I could hold off until the end. No, but I'm saying, would you do is that your instinct, do you think? Probably. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I thought it would be. Dory's, Dory's <laughs> the same way. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we should... Just because when you're... If they're dropping something in that's like, oh, other people would know who this character is, then it seems like I should have that information. Right. Or this situation. Yeah, but, you know, in TNG, yeah. you don't need it because you're watching in time. So, like, if they're dropping a character in, it's like you either remember that character or you've never seen that character before. But I saw the prior thing also, which is the original series. Hmm. Yeah. But this is like 80 years out. Anyway, long. <laughs> we're going. Patreon, please join us. Uh, grab. Uh, there's so many podcasts there. You join now. You get a whole back catalog. You get access to all of our bonus pods. If you're missing us, that's the place to find us. Uh, I'm going to beam us directly in. Oh, Percy Sledge now the hollow DJ is playing. Uh, so... If you want to hear us talk about the Picard trailer live and in person, we're going to do that right after we thank all these wonderful people who are listed in this document that I have. Yes, sir. Uh, this is... Is this correct? Hang on. Guys, I had this all ready to go. And then I don't. This has got Percy Sledge, huh, guys? That's right. I mean, he's doing a great job being Percy Sledge's hologram. I guess I'm going to listen to, I'm going to watch the uh, that Picard collection, unless anybody wants to wave me off of it. Um, you think that's going to be your best bet? Th- I mean, is, I do. I think it's like a collection they deliberately are putting in there, right? The, the, who, who's putting it out? I mean, is it, CBS Paramount. So they would know what's right. important. Okay. For sure. All right. Uh, I wonder how many I've already watched. Uh, that'll probably be. I mean, I'm sure Best of Both Worlds one and two are in there. Okay, Iborg will probably be in there, which is coming up this season. Okay. Um, but yeah. Ain't no Ooh, Bill Withers now 
hologram just changed. All right. Thank you to the following President Circle members. Amber Schmidt. Anders Peterson. Lynn Perdue. Sir Reginald Pennybottom. Jet Jurgens. Lieutenant Derek Atkinson. Joseph Matthew. Tucker Powers. Darren Gleaton. Chad Yarborough. That would be Edward Anders Acevedo. The Waco Kid. Mark Radnius. Adam McCall. Jeffrey Child. Lieutenant Jeffrey Tullifson. Uh, Adam Conrad, Lance Daniel Helper, uh, Steve Thomas, Stephen White, Daniel St. Louis, Melody Harris, Kieran O'Sullivan, Foglegs, Ryan Hecht, Ralph Walker, Kathleen Guzman, Joel Greenbow, Katya Woolship, Kellen Adam- Adamson, Tom, Jeremy Miller, Lieutenant Anthony Trepiconi, Trepicioni? How would you say that? Trepacion. Uh, Sully and Cash, Rutger Hauer. Please <laughs> have your board, ex Rutger Hauer. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, Glorndon Apple Core. Very funny. <laughs> Tim Shields, Mandy Fitzgerald, Derek Hawkins, Andrew Polkrang, Marie Capasso. Uh, Marie Capasso, you John just read. Lynn. John Lynn, Elena. Cave Art on Facebook and Instagram. Nicholas Payne, NCC1701. The Dude Never Bowls. Tony King, Thomas T. Rikerson, Erica Vanover, Matt Magnus, Matt Schaefer, Nathan Haney, Brian Stokes, Ted, Ted Marth, Dan Stokes, Eric B., Stuart Allen, a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand, Adam Gerard, Chris Leopold, Joe Moore, Jessica McNally Linz, Tim Collins, Thomas Nettleton, Lieutenant Matthew Tiberius Burns. Glenn Wakeley, Brian Rowinkle, Rowinkle, Brandon Davis, Jush Monroe, aka Josh, Frederick, Rombouts, Daryl, the Animal Noy, Chris Allen, Kately M., Dustin Carnahan. 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 It's Carnahan. I don't know why I didn't say. Catherine. Jeff, the human, and Maximus, the dog. Joshua Kin. Jean Luc Picardo Montabon Jovi. <laughs> nice. Cassia. L- Lieutenant Jesse Elliott. Brian McDonald. Jan Leppert. Nick. Lieutenant Dan Billing. Mark Pom. Prowitz. Promperwitz. Uh, Alexander Cruz. Cody Wampenkamp. Jonathan Sourshell. Turkleton. Jennifer Leader. M. Malik. Uh, Nate Hudson. Jeff Jenkins. Rachel Dylan Snyder. Cody Stanley. Je- Stephen Cole Cotter. Kendra Song. David Marquez. Kip Corbett. Jack Cavici. Rob Baptiste. Tom Casey. Matthew L. Went. Preston Foster. Dewanda Rikuns. Robert Denton. Rob Sabine. Uh, Dim, Lieutenant Catherine Novacek, John Turin, Alex D. Gesslin, Joyce Hudson, Jesse Lane, Carmen DeHoog, William Temin, Adrian Carter, Marcus Erlinson, uh, Barry Wallace, Lieutenant Junior Grade Andrew Redshirt, Will Holsclaw, Matthew Dillon, and Sandy Federica, Jeff Millies, Risa Kochuk, Tony Lynn, Simon Harper, Stephen Small, Linda Dilbeck, Ryan Solo, Gareth Case, Brian Tier, Daniel Stenrud, Christina Peck, Matthew Wiper, Doug Mai, Chris DQ, Marcelo Vita, Marcello Vita, Katie Campbell, Joe, Joe Sullivan. Sullivan, Kamal Abul Hussein. Uh, Adam Zani, Ben E. Hill, Miriam Centeno, Peter Shern, Heather Nelson, C.D., Jesse Tushinsky, Hey, Tushinsky, Christopher Fonagy, Aaron N., Ben Badnock, Joe Moran, a.k.a. Muscles Ripley. 
Alexis Boussier, Mr. Bundy, Andrew Gibson, Lieutenant Brandon Kellinger, Michael Kiatsko, uh, Timothy Cullen, Andrew Barber, Joel Cude. Yeah, Jason Brown, Chuck Day, Dan McLeod, Michael Howe, Darren Dishong, Gary Martinez, Jesse Glasby, Richard Davis, C.C. Sadler, Tim Siebel. Stephen Herman. Tim, I've already said Siebel. I've always said Siebel. I'm so glad he put Siebel in there. Uh, that's true. Uh, whoa, Stephen whoa, Herman. whoa. Stephen Herman. Good old I'm Stephen Herman. What can you say about this by guy? Stephen. Here we go. Uh, Kyle Thompson, Vincent Neri, Troy Ray, Rebecca Shavita, Jesse Hendricks, Claire Powells, Kyle Vester, Eric Mon, Hootenwaddle, Ray Butt, She's a Zombie, Umond. Am I saying that right? <laughs> I believe so. Christopher Pete Gill, Kristen Scalise, the Goddess of Carbs, Amanda Bootwell, Adam Rogers, Cal Efitsky, Grand Admiral Matt Tween, Keith Budela, Dak Pate, Kim Vilsack, Brett Parsons, Fred Coppersmith, Tom Brown, Emily Eldred, Alex Whitehouse, Beth Harrington, Ross, the Headless. Thompson Gunner McLeod. That's a great name. Yeah. Uh, Hubert Iridia, uh, Paul Brisk, Jillian Randalls, Brett Jarrett, Sean, Lieutenant Commander, Josh Ball, Robert Olson, the Kembles, Andrew Weitzel, Merrick Boosfield, Mike Mann, also Lieutenant Commander, Derek Westover, Lissy D, Anthony Wright out. Kevin of Nine, Tyler Rosewood, Joe Fermanek, Jason Sinclair, Stevie Marie Nickel, Alan L., Doug Atkinson, Andrew Verstunda. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Mark Mitchell. Brian Gallett, Paul Sharp, Catherine Shimmons, Christopher Colbert, Dan Kostelik, Andrew Ingram, Angel Rivera III, Daniel Perez, Ben Roach, Andrew Primes, Shrikanar, Chris Dybel, Paul Carley, Kelly Coe, Lieutenant Elizabeth Simpson, Brian Hellman, Scott Gordon, Karen Van Hoff. Um, Kyle Gant, Mike Jones, Brett Euler, Amy Giles, uh, Stephen Price, Nicholas Jones, Dean Nettleton, ooh, Julie Phillips, Tina Rowdio, Sandra M., Mike Gaylord, Ron LeBlanc, Tom Kelsell, K- James Baker, Cameron Harris, Frederick Roy, Jonathan Wentz, Martin Hedegaard, Peterson, Cosmo Moore, good old Cosmo, Neil <laughs> Studd, Carolyn Land, Ben McClarty. Chris Nedgwitz, Chris Casimiro, Linnea Thunsel, and uh, Chris Love, J.D. Cohen. The infamous pirate captain, Andrew Hook. Uh, Lieutenant, uh, the infamous pirate <laughs> captain, Andrew Hook. Good, good specification. <laughs> uh, Ian Buckley, Sean, Sean Russell. Luke Morgan, Roe, Diane M. Martin, Robin Larson, Sky Wilson, and closing out, Kyle Newman, followed by, of course, the most important of all lieutenants, in the president's circle, Command Master Sergeant. When you're not Robert Garrison. Garrison. This is, seems like his song. Yeah, this is yours. This keeping is for that, you, buddy. Keeping that face group running. Uh, Please visit the face group. Visit the face group. Uh, thank you Facebook. all so much for listening to this part, which means you probably wanted to hear us talk about this new Picard trailer. So Andy is going to see it for the first time. I'm going to see it for only the second time. Uh, here we go. Let's... Thank you so much, Bill Withers. Uh, this is the New York Comic Con trailer. Here it is. 7.9 million views. Andy, two minutes, 47 seconds. Exciting. Are you excited? I am excited. Do you need me to, what do you want to do, pause or keep going? What do you want? What would you say? I don't know. Let's pause. All right. I paused. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Let's go. If there's anything we want to bring up or talk about, we'll do it. But let's Actually, just let's just run it through. Play it. Here we go. 
wish we knew Taco Fred. Um, data, is that date looks like data painting? Uh, yeah, I just want to know why I'm not getting. I want this to be as fucking hot as it can be. Yeah, let's see it. High quality, 1080p. Let's do it. I think we can comment over it since they've all seen it before. Sure. So there he is in his uniform. Yeah. It looks dream sequencey. And look, so your problem, problem with the is hair. The, my problem is the hair. <laughs> Literal problem is the hair. <laughs> Would you like to finish it, Captain? I don't know how. That is not true, sir. War of the world. Oh, it's all right, number one. Nice. I came here Captain, it's time to wake safety. up. But one is never safe from the past. Please, sir. Someone's after me. I have an appointment. Your name, please, sir. Picard. P-I-C-A-R-D. It's nice to see you up and around again. We have an obligation to investigate. There is no we, Jean-Luc. Admiral, I am standing up for the Federation, for what it should still represent. This is no longer your house, Jean-Luc. Go home. She said, I mean, we know? you can't just talk to Captain Picard like that. That's true. No, but, but it should have been fucking Kate Mulgrew. Yeah. Is it a misdirect that the guy doesn't know who he is? And then he's like, oh, good to see you up and around. It's like, wouldn't he know who he is? I mean, in the future, he walked come in on. and like, you know, the fucking Enterprise D is up there in like a super hologram form. Oh, like, look at our ship. Look yeah. at this. Look at the great ships of the line. Right, so I weird. have to help her. You really want to go back out into the cold? More than ever. Who's that guy supposed to be? Was he in I the don't show? Know. I don't know. That guy's uh he's, he's, he's a, a well character, character actor and Andy knows him from something big. I, I know him from Mr. Saturday Night. <laughs> amongst go. other things. There you go. Secret unauthorized rescue mission. This is everything that ever mattered to me. I'm going with you. I need your skill and your courage. Ah, to be one of these people. Look at this Borg been torn apart right here. Good. <laughs> Seven and nine. Left to write the future. Hold on. I don't think I like that character already. I don't think I like the fact that it's a like not a real set and it's like hologram controls on this ship. Like I don't. That would be a natural progression, wouldn't it? Like it's thirty years. It's not like it's a hundred years. Yeah, but they already have uh, hologram technology, so wouldn't they extend that to the ship so that you wouldn't even have the... Yeah, but if the hologram goes wrong, you have nothing... You can't fly your ship because your hologram emitter is broken. Well, maybe that'll play in somewhere. <laughs> oh, did Ooh, you see like that? like the action. Did you see that? That's great. Romulan. Oh, really? That's the old school Romulan ship. Do you not recognize oh, the Romulan yeah. bird? Come on, bud. Right. You at least know that. You've seen that. Okay, it was very quick. It was a fucking second to... All right, apparently he's got ship Jesus. blindness, too. <laughs> oh, <God>. Ship blindness! <laughs> she was sent Fuck. for a reason. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck it. Romulan. I'll get the information we need. Are they both? Are they both? I don't know. Or it could be Romulan. It could be uh, Vulcan. I don't know. I help people who have no one else to help them. I love it Wait. that she's so big part of it. Was that what fucking what's his face? 
Hang on. Eesh. It's all been broken down. <gasps> Who is that? You'll see. Oh. No one else to help them. Dad! What? Come out here! Stop yelling! It's all the cars! Hello, This world. can be Rasmussen. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> oh, it's Troy! Oh, this is great. <laughs> we all have a story. Just waiting to be claimed. Thank you for not trying to talk me out of all this. <laughs> Believe me, I know better. Ah, <laughs> oh, so sweet. All right, that gave me some feels. Um, it's weird that you're getting feels from something you I'm, we're currently watching. <laughs> <are> currently watching. <laughs> Um, but it, look, I think it's. Uh, I'm hopeful. I mean, I'm five hopeful. seasons in. I'm very hopeful. I keep going back to the fact that Michael Chabon is so talented. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, my wife is like, he's so nice. Yeah. And I'm like, talented and nice. Very rare in yeah. Hollywood. Right. You know, you got uh, you, you got uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. And Jonathan Frakes. That's it. Sure. Those are the two nicest, most talented people in Hollywood. And then to hear Michael Chabon. Who you know? People love his writing and his novels. Sure, he comes into a TV show. He's like writing all these episodes. Yeah, like I don't know how many he wrote, but most of them, I think. He's probably pretty disciplined as a writer. Uh, well, he bought a MacBook. He he Instagrammed a picture. He he bought a MacBook right when the show started, and he had like he took a picture of the keys, and like like four of the keys were worn out. <laughs> <laughs> and I've I've written many shows on this laptop yeah and i've the keys are fine i've had this since i don't know if he's a hard at midnight he's a hard clicker maybe he's a hard typer yeah, hard uh, i look forward to it uh it's gonna be exciting so andy we're we're on board for that trailer we like it we're excited about it yes i'm it seems very promising i am a little worried yeah for tell a couple us, reasons tell us why i don't it's like i love logan i think it's such a great movie yeah he seems too old. No, it's not that he seems too old. He's play. I think he's playing it the way he's playing it. I don't think that. I don't think Patrick Stewart. I don't think it's in the performance. I think it's in the way he's being written, mm-hmm. as like an out of it former Starfleet captain. Uh-huh. You know, out of Starfleet. That guy doesn't remember him. Right. He has to have a visitor badge. Yeah. This woman tells this Starfleet admiral tells him to go leave because he's not there anymore. Uh-huh. I'm just like, we'll just get a card. Let him, let him do what he wants. Yeah. Well, that is uh, going along with your concern. And you should have a tiny ship. The, <laughs> that is my concern. It's just about, it seems like, yeah, you got some good space battles and, and gunfights and everything. It seems like it's a lot of slow lead up to stuff happening maybe well it also feels like this i bet everything we're seeing in the trailer is from the first two episodes right because they don't want to blow anything well they also probably haven't done the effects or cut them mm-hmm. or you know what i mean yeah like this is these are the most polished parts that they're going to show you and like to i mean because you cannot you're telling you can't tell me that it's going to take a few episodes for picard to go to Riker, tell him what he wants to do and not be talked out of it right yeah, this has to be that's episode one well, you maybe, know, and then he finds that crew, and then well, maybe goes he's off. piecing together all the information the about two. the girl and doing everything. I don't think and he's. He goes I, back I, I feel him. like he goes into space and doesn't come back to Earth until either the end or he's dead. Mm-hmm. 
they're not going to kill him. Are they? Why? Why not? This could friend. be one of those things of like you know, no like, way. When, when it's a new Nimoy, franchise. When Leonard Nimoy was like, "I'll come back, but you got to kill me." You know, in Star Trek Two, obviously, didn't last long. No deaths in Star Trek are permanent. I feel like Patrick Stewart isn't there yet. He's still working. Yeah, but he also wanted to say goodbye to the character. Or, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I haven't. I deliberately haven't read a ton about this show, so I don't know what they're saying or whatever. I'm guessing no. I and yes, of course wrong. it's a franchise, but like I don't know how many of these you can get Patrick Stewart to do. He came back to do this one. Yeah, I mean, he was amped up about it. He seemed excited. Hopefully, you can get him to come back and do eight. Yeah. Whatever. Let's I'm on so. board. Yeah. But we got to do something about Brent Spiner's hair. Okay. Just make it look better somehow. <laughs> I mean, maybe like, maybe like, here's what it'll play. Here's what it is. Ready? Okay. It didn't make sense, but Matt fixed it. Are you ready? All right. Because Patrick's, because Jean-Luc Picard is bald, <laughs> he doesn't spend blindness. time remembering exactly what people's hair looks right. like. He just remembers that guy had hair. So I don't. In his dreams, his yeah. brain doesn't fire the neurons to process <laughs> what the hair actually looks like. Right. That's why his hair looks like that. You know what? Also, if it's Jeffy, maybe he doesn't know how to comb his hair. But also... <laughs> Wasn't the in the first trailer? Wasn't Data in the in a box? No, in the first Contact era uniform. Oh yeah. Well, this is a dream. Yeah, but probably. But also, I assume that was too, because no one has a first Contact era uniform in the show. Oh, I felt like that was that was more real, but I, but I don't know, who who knows? I do. I know everything. Do you about nothing? But anyway, I'm excited about that. Everyone, you can go ahead and do all the things you need to do. Reach us uh, at email. Go ahead, Andy. You can uh, email us at sttncpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Star Trek TNC. Um, And uh, Matt is uh, at Matt Myra. I'm at uh, Secunda on Twitter, at Andrew Secunda on Instagram. And if you like, send us a voice hail. You can call in to 816-TREK-TNC. Yeah, and if you're an international uh, voice hailer and you want to leave a message without having to dial the international uh, number, you can just record a little voice memo and email it to us. That's right. That's a way to send us a voice hail also. Shoot over to our Patreon for bonus yeah, stuff. bonus episodes galore over there. Galorned and core. <laughs> We're going to try and get more than one a month out. That's uh, it's a it's a true hope of ours and a goal and uh if you're a patron, you get at least 3. That's right. Uh all right. Thanks everybody. We'll see you all on the flip side. This is